You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. (laughs) I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. uh, We are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! (laughs) It is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. (laughs) (laughs) We do a podcast? What the fuck? Who are you? We're fans. I was raised to love one thing. And I've got nothing to listen to. Nothing will stand in our way. I will edit what you started. There were podcasts about what happened. It's true. All of it. I am Tony. I am Shane Kong. Hey, this is Brian, a.k.a. Breakdown. This is Derek, Derek WC. Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. Secret Brothers. For the fans and by the fans. The Fan House Podcast, it's calling to you. Hey guys, welcome back to another Forcerific episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and I'm joined here tonight to discuss a very special movie on our 150th anniversary episode. We are all here to discuss Star Wars The Force Awakens, which has just opened and we've all just seen. And joining me tonight are, oh my god, it's all five of the original founding members of the Fanholes. I'm so excited. Give a shout out, everybody. Try not to stumble over everybody, because we forgot what order we usually say hello in. So, give a shout out, guys. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. I can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our impressive bodies. Wow. <laughs> hey, it's Mike, and uh, yeah, 
Yeah. That's all I got. Hey, it's Justin, and I'm finally back from that peace conference. Woo! Hey, everybody, it's Tony, and they said that it couldn't be done. They said it would never happen. Never in a million years would we get a good movie. But, man, that Peanuts movie was fucking awesome. (laughs) Alvin and the Chipmunks, baby. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we we are are not here to talk Peanuts. We're not here to talk Alvin and the Chipmunks. We're here to talk Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And I I sort of gave the guys the download of how I wanted to sort of approach this. And before we get into the spoilery territory, I just thought we'd kind of go around and and ask everybody. And I'm just going to go in order of my Skype screen. So starting with Tony, going to Michael, Justin, and then Brian. Can you guys just let everybody know just kind of your, your... thoughts on the film like what did you guys think of of star wars the force awakens i'm gonna start with tony yeah i basically was back and forth on the hype i was trying not to get myself too exposed but also i was really curious about this movie because there's a part of me that no matter no matter how much star wars has hurt me i will always love it and i wanted this movie to be good that's all i wanted i didn't care if it was terrific i didn't care if it was the best thing in the world i just i just wanted to be good (laughs) And I walked in, I saw a matinee, so I didn't have to deal with a whole bunch of, you know, screaming people and stuff. It was, it was still a pretty good crowd. I watched the movie, I digested it, I sat there, and when I walked out, I, I, was, I was pretty good. I was content, you know. I was, like, not blown away, but I felt I had just seen a good movie. I saw something that was worth my time. It didn't piss me off. There's some stuff I can pick on. There's stuff we will pick on later, I'm sure. You know, it's not a perfect movie, but after the, the wounds of, you know, the prequels, this definitely, definitely was a nice therapy. It made me feel better about Star Wars, and, you know, this is not spoilery. I'm looking forward to the next movie to come out, you know, not Rogue Squadron, but the one in this series. So, yeah, I was, I was all, overall pretty happy with it. Cool, cool. What about you, Mike? What, what were your thoughts when you, when you saw Star Wars The Force Awakens? I enjoyed watching it. I, I thought it was a really nice like theater experience. Like you know, it's 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 always great to be in a theater full of people who all like love the like all those people were there because they wanted to watch Star Wars basically. So as you know, there's an energy you can kind of feed off of when you like see it in a like atmosphere like that. So like I had a really fun time watching the movie. The movie itself. I think it did its job. Like it, it proved that Star Wars is like still viable and popular and it definitely like, you know, wiped away like the stink of the prequels and stuff. And it laid some groundwork for like, you know, obviously I think we're gonna be getting Star Wars movies like from now until forever now, until like Disney like bleeds every single last drop out of it. So I mean, you know, this is only the first, so you know, I can, I can forgive some of its flaws, but I, I don't think it is a flawless movie. And, you know, I, we'll get into that later. But, you know, I'd give it like maybe a 8 out of 10, maybe. Okay. And then how about yourself, Justin? Why don't you let everybody know kind of what your first impressions of the film were? As soon as it went to, you know, the director's credits, I felt the same way after I finished watching Fellowship of the Ring. Like, I was like... You mean I'm going to have to wait a year or more for the next one? Like, I immediately was like, well, what happens next? Like, I want to see what happens next. And for a while there, I was like, I, I guess, like, between the two trailers, I was really keeping up with, you know, news and rumors and all these things. And then after a while, like, I just kind of was like, I don't want to know anything else. Like, I don't want to be spoiled. I just want to go in and not know anything about what's going to happen. 
and I'm glad I, I'm glad I did that because I think it uh, enhanced my enjoyment of the movie because I, I didn't really know what to expect. Cool. So, so overall, you enjoyed the film, obviously. If you yeah. want to see the next installment and everything, yeah. Cool. All right. And and what about yourself, Brian? What's the download from from Brian on on the Force Awakens? To start with, like the previews didn't do it for me at all, and for a long time, I wasn't even sure I was going to go watch the movie. So, like, it was really only the last couple days that I got excited and even decided to watch it because I wasn't even sure I'd, I'd be on this podcast because I was like, you know, I might not even see it in the theater. I might just wait for it to come to video. But for whatever reason, like the last few days before it came out, I just started thinking about it more. I'm like, man, it's a new new Star Wars movie, new approach. I should at least go see what it's about. After seeing it, I think my thoughts on it are a majority positive, but there's definitely like some things that um, like I question and I think we're kind of like shortcuts and like cheap ways to do ways to do things but kind of like what justin said like the end result after the movie is that i'm really excited to see the next one so in at least that aspect i think it did did its job really well because i'm super excited and i don't want to wait a year and a half to see the next cool yeah i i I think i i would be willing to say the people that i'm i'm if i'm the deciding vote i lean more towards what what mike and and brian are saying you know i i felt a little conflicted about it even from the outset like like Brian was saying with the trailers, I wasn't sure that certain things were, you know, quote unquote, doing it for me. And I think some of my fears were realized. So in that sense, I think that's the portion of it where I think there are some things that are not, you know, like like we've been saying, it's not a flawless movie. You know, some things I had concerns about are still concerns and they were realized. And there are some other things that I've been thinking about lately where there are some things I thought were really cool and, and things that I'd like to see explored more. And I guess in that sense you know even though i feel like maybe the movie was to a degree unsatisfying i think maybe i'm coming to the conclusion that's probably by design you know they probably wanted to leave you wanting more and you know i guess it's that weird unsettling feeling of you're a fan of something and you know everything about it and now all of a sudden we're back to that state where you were when when the original Star Wars was released and nobody knew that Luke was Leia's sister and you've got these years of comics and books and all this other stuff that's going to come out where we don't know certain things and you know if that's the type of thing that makes you pull your hair out well I guess you're going to be pulling your hair out for the next 40 or 50 years, but you know, that's, that's kind of the long and short of it. So, but yeah, I guess, I guess at this point, this is, this was my plan was to tell people, all right, now, if you haven't seen this movie, turn this off and walk away now. Cause this is no holds barred. <laughs> we're, we're spoiling it. So I don't want any articles about how, you know, some guy beat the shit out of all five fan holes for spoiling the force awakens. Cause he didn't know any better or whatever. Like I, did you see those articles? Like there, there's like all these crazy articles. Like some people like spoiled the movie and some dude in a theater, like yelled out spoilers and then <laughs> some other dude like beat the shit out of them or whatever. And I was just like, man, you know, um, like, like that's, you know, like crazy. I, I, I think that's kind of cool actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, like we, we, don't want any of this we're telling you now you know spoilers ahoy like we're, we're going to be talking about this movie in detail and and i i don't know i mean i don't know if i remember the movie well enough to go blow by blow but here we go so so after this spoilers five four three all right we're, we're spoiling this so opening scroll luke skywalker has vanished i was already shaking my fucking head 
what? Luke Skywalker's <laughs> fucking vanished? Like, what are you doing to me, opening scroll? I was freaking out about it. I know a lot of people were excited just because the opening scroll dealt with, like, people and not, like, politics and trade federation and <laughs> droid decas and shit like that. But I was just sitting there going, I, I, I sort of inherently knew, like, I think I knew from the opening scroll, like, what, what the end result of that, I, I knew what that meant. Like, Luke Skywalker has vanished? Oh, so Luke Skywalker's not going to be in this fucking movie, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like, I, I did like the idea that, that he was a big focus of of the hero's, I guess, search. Like, it was almost like, but it was kind of weird that they made him a MacGuffin. But, I, I mean, you, what what are your guys' thoughts on, like, the, the opening scroll and stuff like that? Just now, now it's a free-for-all. People could say whatever they want and dovetail into whatever whatever kind of tangents that come to mind i'm i'm free and open from this point on i kind of dug the opening scroll like one it felt like very much classic star wars like the classic star wars openers but also i think um kind of the basis of the whole movie like sets up like luke to be the hero that he is in like you know normal people's minds because like you know us like everyone thinks luke skywalker kicks ass and by like having this quest for him and everyone searching for him and talking about how badass he is like all the characters in Luke's universe thinks he's a badass too. So I thought it was kind of interesting because it made everyone like, you know, just like a super fan of Luke Skywalker and like, oh, Luke Skywalker is a shit. We got to find him. He's, he's kind like, of he's kind of elevated in the movie universe now yeah. to the point where he is in the in the fandom and the collective consciousness of of moviegoers. Yeah, he's, that that makes sense. I see what you're saying. He's like, he's like a legend, yeah. I was just happy there was nothing mentioned about like taxation or trade routes or <laughs> yeah. trade anything disputes. like that. Nothing to put me to sleep. I'm like, what do you mean taxation of trade routes and like? Oh. But but Justin, it has been approved but, but in Justin, Japan. Justin, <laughs> was that illegal? And not only that, but there's there's heroes on both sides. <laughs> it is perfectly regal. Uh. So, so I, I think, I mean, you know, like th th this is the point where, I mean, to, to me, I mean, we can talk about the different characters. We can talk about anything that, that you want to talk about at this point. I mean, I, I think, I think the stuff that's interesting to broach, I mean, I, I would like to talk about things that I enjoyed, you know, to start off with. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if we have varying opinions on, on, you know, the, the characters and things like that. I mean, I, I'm just going to say like, Back when there were rumors in the trailers, and, and, and one of the things that occurred to me and I went, <gasps> when I saw the trailer was, I, I was like, I hope Luke Skywalker is not Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. Like, that, there was that weird thought I had, especially when he was staring at the Vader helmet and saying he'd finish what Vader started. And, you know, you're getting flashbacks of, you know, Dark Empire and him turning to the dark side and all this other kind of stuff. And so I just kind of, in my head, I went, oh, I, I do that that kind of scared me but i went a step further than most people because in my mind i said you know what if luke does turn to the dark side i'm supporting the first order <laughs> i'm like yeah. if luke is with the first <laughs> order then i'm with the fucking first order i don't care so so i sort of took it a step further and 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 i think I don't know. Maybe maybe I made that decision way ahead of time, way back with the trailer before I even knew who Kylo Ren was. But I feel like I I thought he had the most developed and complete arc of all the characters in the film. Like I I enjoyed watching him his growth and everything. Like I I liked that you know he basically he is a legacy character 
in my mind, that gives him a lot of legitimacy in my eyes. You know, he is, I mean, here we go, spoilers, he is the son of Han Solo and, and Leia Organa. He he turned to the dark side. He founded the Knights of Ren. It looks like he had a hand in either shooing Luke Skywalker away, maybe, you know, killing some of his family members or something or other. You like, we don't really know all the details. There's lots of vague kind of flashbacks and things like that that we can talk about. But, I mean, ultimately, you know, it's a twist on your preconceived notions of Darth Vader. I, I love, love, my avatar is the scene where he's he's in front of the sort of Death Star-looking console and the, the the poor bastard lieutenant that comes in. And it's like, I, oh, we've got something to report, sir. Um, I'm really scared and pissing my pants now. <laughs> But, you know, I, I we need to tell you that the, the two two of them got away with the droid. And it's just like, you know, and, and he's just like, you know, he basically you think if he's like Vader, he's going to choke the shit out of this guy. But instead, it's almost like this controlled rage where instead of choking out his officer, he just goes to town on this console and destroys it. And, and it, it sort of reminds me of like being at work. You know, like where it's like you don't blame the person, you know, you don't shoot the messenger, but but the news still infuriates you regardless. And so the only thing he can take it out on is this computer console. And then I love it where he's like, anything else? And then the guy's like, I have to tell him that there was a girl. And then at that point, he totally loses it and is like, okay, now I will fucking bring you to me and choke the shit out of you. You know, but like, I like how that was a twist on existing things. And, and you know, going further with that, the, the idea that he's fighting against the light. You know, that the light is the temptation, that he wants to stay on the dark path because in his mind, you know, the light is weakness. You know, it's soft and, you know, can easily be taken advantage of and everything. And so, like, I, I did think that was something that was, I mean, I, I think I'd say of, of all the characters, like of the new characters, like he's my new favorite character from this trilogy. So, I mean, I, I just open it up if, if people disagree with me or or uh, have other things to say about, you know, somebody who's their favorite character from the new trilogy. I, and, you know, henceforth, go I, for I, it. I think I can offer, like, a counterpoint to that. I was actually kind of disappointed with the portrayal of that character. Okay. Um, I Let me put it this way. Kylo Ren, to me, is the aliens from Signs. OK, so that's the metaphor I'm going to use. He is super scary until he takes his helmet off. Like he is super scary and like like dark and B.A. until he takes that helmet off because Kylo Ren is badass. But Adam Driver is not. So like as soon as he took that helmet off, I was immediately like, OK, well, this guy's just a big friggin' dork. Like, OK, forget it. <laughs> So like like in the in the in the science analogy like once you actually see the gloop gloop aliens they're not as menacing as they were when you just saw like shadows under a closed door and yeah pretty and, and much things and... like that that's that's fair I I will offer because because I'm I'm gonna defend what I like and and rip apart what I don't <laughs> but but what what my counter to your counter is just gonna be that I I think the minute he takes off his helmet. That was kind of the point. I mean, I understand because it's it's a superhero trope where it gets you mad because it's like, why does why do we always have to see Tobey Maguire's face? <laughs> it's because the actor has to emote, and the reason why he took off the helmet in that scene is there's no way to register that that masked Kylo Ren 
was losing to Ray in that, as Tony likes to call it, the force stare off. Like, there's no way to register that he's frightened because you would never know because he's such an imposing figure when he's he's dressed up. So, I mean, I, I can appreciate why people think he's a whiny emo kid, like why he's some kind of weird, deranged Columbine massacre kid or something. I'm just throwing shit out there that I thought of when I saw him take off his mask. I mean, there's a very entitled nature. There's a very needy nature to his darkness, you know? And, and I think, I, I, I guess, whether... I, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not saying, like, you should relate to him or like him, but I think he was fully realized. You know, I think I think there's that weird nature of the fact that he comes from, essentially, a dysfunctional family. And whether you're happy or not that your heroes from Star Wars are now a dysfunctional, separated family is one thing. Oh, because the Skywalkers were a great family. They were really well held together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm just saying in terms of servicing his character arc, I I thought it it did yeah, a good yeah. job. Like, like I I don't mind that he is he is revealed to be sort of a uh, a a young incompetent boy that that is trying to play an adult man. If if that makes well, sense. See, like like I I've I've read all these analyses of his like character and like quite similar to yours. Like I understand that. But then I'm kind of like, then who is who is like the main bat? Like, who am I supposed to be afraid of in this movie? Like, mm. if it's not him. He is like the most visible like sign of like, you know, the first order in this movie. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Like that. Well, but see, I guess what you're coming you're coming from the perspective of I think he's a stringy little kid whose ass I can kick. But I think I think they're trying to perpetuate the fear of he's unpredictable. Like you think you could kick his ass. But for all you know, he's going to go like, I fucking hate you! And you don't realize it. And then he's going to like really do a lot of damage to not only you, but maybe your friends and your family. And, and you just don't know what his next step is going to be. Those ears are menacing as fuck, too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> physical presence alone, holy shit. Well, what, what were we joking about, Tony, earlier? Like the reason he went to the dark side? Because they didn't. Oh, it's because he has like um, they have amazing hair products. Come on, <laughs> that must be yeah. Clearly, Kylo Red has a fabulous mane of hair. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought he was dreamy. <laughs> Dream <laughs> for, for helmet hair. He was pretty, <laughs> he, he was pretty awesome when he took off the helmet. Unlike unlike Mark Hamill, who who has no product on that Jedi Temple planet. And, you know, <laughs> it's just total total. I was like, where? What is this Jedi planet bedhead? Like, is that where we're going? Yes, thank you. I don't know. There's there's some other like I think the windiest planet in the galaxy. <laughs> there's some other like things with his character, mm. but like I, I don't know. It, it, I guess it's more like I, I would approach it from a like director or writer standpoint as like a, a mo like a dramatic moment where I thought it like didn't work or some like the way the plot like panned out in regards to him like that. But I don't know. Let, let someone else talk about him for a little while. What I liked is that unlike Darth Vader, we actually got to see him. You know, he had moments of weakness where he was like, I feel tempted by the light side. Because in Jedi, Luke is all of a sudden like, I feel the good in you, Father. Well, for three movies, we've never seen Vader in any way be sympathetic or likable. He's just killing people. But with Kylo Ren, we see that. So it, I think it's more, it makes him more sympathetic. Like, it makes him more dimensional to me than Darth Vader. Like, and I like that. 
I, I think like one thing that Derek and Mike both said that I think actually is a good thing, and this is kind of what I got. You know, Mike was saying he was kind of like a petulant child, you know, he was kind of a brat and like, yeah, you know, my life sucks. And Derek said that's true. You know, he is like, you know, feeling very entitled and stuff. But having, you know, had girlfriends who had little children and stuff, in some ways there's nothing scarier than a kid in full-on rage mode because they don't have that filter to hold them back. You know, like, trust me, you may think that a four-year-old is not as scary, but, like, a really well-placed kick to the nuts is still going to hurt. So, you know, a kid is, yeah, yeah, exactly. A kid is capable of anything, and an adult with that, that rage of a child could be pretty damn scary. And I feel like as the movies goes on, he's going to become even more... More Darth Vader, he's gonna become more focused and more, you know, lethal. I think this is like how I would have wanted Anakin to start, you know, in his like early twenties and seeing him being confused and conflicted and more on the dark side and see him progress from there instead of being a kid and like being totally an angel and in his teens being horny and then in, in his adult life being a child murderer. At least this makes sense for a villain progression. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like you're often saying about any of the new post-Disney properties that there's lots of prequel apology type characters and shows and things like that. And I mean, I guess you could say that I'm accepting the the prequel apology with this character, I suppose. Like, I I don't think I thought of it that way, but it's entirely likely that I'm I'm getting a. Uh, a descent into darkness that I enjoy seeing and I feel is fully realized w- w- as opposed to, you know, that that sort of feels like it has connections to the previous trilogy just based on who his parents are and, you know, kind of the idea of, I, I mean, I know this is going to sound weird, but, you know, that, that scene where he's talking to Darth Vader's helmet reminded me of the scene where Scott Summers in the X-Men film is talking to a comatose Professor Xavier. You know, like that, that thing of he, he needs approval from this person so badly and and it's even worse in kylo ren's case because that person is dead you know like it's not just he's comatose it's that 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 the only solace he has is in in a dead ancestor speak speaking of that moment like now that you're on it let me like just mention i think that should have been the moment where he 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 revealed that he had some kind of relationship to like a prior character because i feel like that that revelation was really offhanded and like just kind of like in conversation and i thought i thought it would have been more dramatic if he had called like you know, Darth Vader grandfather and then left the audience to wonder like who, who's his, who's his parents then, you know, like, mm. I mean, cause it could go either way. Right. But, right. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I don't know. Like just the, you know, in what's his face, giant, like scary Andy circus guy is just kind of like, you know, you know, kill your dad. This is his name. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, that fucking just, guy. He's like looks at the audience, like, hey, yes, that's right. Yeah, just to get this pertinent information out there. Like, here you go. Okay, so so I was good. I said something I liked, and now you brought up something I can't fucking stand. So I'm gonna jump on it. It it was it, there. There was this is gonna be a long drawn out explanation, but there there is a, a group of podcasters that I enjoy listening to, and I've been on a few of their shows. It's called the Two True Freaks Network, and there's a guy who is one of the big heads of that network. His name is Scott Gardner, and a lot of people 
are always sort of uh, uh, in anticipation of what he thinks of certain films and his opinions on things and everything. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just something that people are, are interested in, just like they'd be interested in hearing our opinions on the film as we're talking about them now. And he wrote a little post, which essentially said kind of, kind of what Justin and Tony and Brian were saying, and, and even Mike to a degree, like that he enjoyed this film, but he described it as like this little kid who you didn't really get along with at school comes over to your house and starts playing with your star Wars action figures. And you're not really sure if you're going to like it at first, but by the end of it, you're kind of like, ah, he, he made some cool stuff, even though there's a couple missteps along the way. And I'm glad I didn't stop him from playing with my action figures or just, you know, close my eyes or, you know, wh whatever the analogy is. Now, taking that analogy to fucking Lord Emperor Snoke or whatever the fuck this asshole's name is. Well, first of all, I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Like, like, I'm like, why should I fucking care about you? Number one. Number two, he's a hologram CGI thing that looks like he belongs in Lord of the Rings or Harry fucking Potter. And going back to the toy analogy, it's like somebody grabbed all my Kenner classic Star Wars action figures and threw in some Lord of the Rings monsters and some Battlestar Galactica figures with the big bumpy heads. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not a classic Kenner figure. Get that <laughs> shit out of my fucking toy box. You know, and that's kind of what he man motherfucker doing here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why is Skeletor like fighting stormtroopers? This is bullshit. Like, and, and, and that's kind of what I felt when I saw him. And of course there's no in story context to, give you any sort of grounding of, of who this person is. And again, I know, you know, for me, that's something I felt was unsatisfactory. But again, I suppose, you know, part of the the allure of this franchise that they're going to try to stretch out till we all die is that, you know, there are going to be all these unanswered questions that you will want answered. So and 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 of course, now I, I am seeing the the fan collective you know start coming up with crazy theories and and machinations about you know why certain things in this film make sense even if they're unsatisfactory and and one of those speculations is well the music is just like the music from episode three and thus he must be darth Plagueis. Plagueis. and i thought I, I i if i recall correctly i remember justin was reading novels about Darth Plagueis, which of course are no, no longer in canon, but I'm, I'm kind of curious what you think about that theory and if you've heard it before, Justin. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that, but to be honest, it's been so long since I read that book, I don't remember much about it. <laughs> well, I'm, um, sure, I'm sure they wouldn't use anything from it, but, right, I, but I, I think the implications of that are sort of staggering, where you're yeah. like, wait a minute, you're telling me that there's been a mastermind who was a mastermind of a mastermind from before the fucking prequels, but is still alive now, and somehow is going to be the mastermind, and I don't know, it just, that, that kind of, like, I, it kind of makes my head explode, but. I, I agree with you about the visual, though, Derek, because I remember when I first saw Empire. And this is before, like, the, the new editions, special editions came out, and they fiddled around with it and actually made it Ian McDermott. When the Emperor first appeared in Empire Strikes Back, it was like, I think it was an old lady with, like, monkey eyes. Yes. But at the same time, in the first movie, it was like Darth Vader. Like, he was the bad guy, even though he was being ordered around by Moff Tarkin. You know, it was still, he was considered the main bad guy. And in this, and like, and then in Empire, when you see the Emperor, you're like, "That's a scary motherfucker," you know. You're like, "The Emperor's badass." And in this, when you see Snoke or whatever, Plagueis, whatever you want to call him, like whatever he may turn out to be, 
it wasn't that I wasn't impressed. I wasn't just like, you know, Mike was saying he didn't know if he could get behind Kylo Ren being the main bad guy if he was scared of him. I'm not scared of Snoke. <laughs> you know, he did not, you know, intimidate me or anything. I'm like, I was kind of like you, like, who's this fucking, you know, mall Santa, like, like trying to order people around and shit. I don't know that I'd accuse him of being unfrightening, but I mean, he, he felt out of place to me. Like, it's funny that they, in in their prequel apologization, which isn't really a word, but but in that in that effort to say, look, we're we're using real stuff whenever we can. The characters that were pure CGI, from my perspective, you know, Maz Kanata and Snoke, you know, like those just stood out to me like a sore thumb. You know, and and it was, it, it's kind of like there's that question of scale. I mean, it looks, it, it, you know, from my perspective, if you took it at face value, this is a gigantic bad guy. But now, of course, people are saying, well, he's a hologram. He could be like the size of Yoda. You know, like you, you it's like it could turn on its head because you you don't have any definitive answers as far as that goes. I mean, to me, he kind of looked like the orcs from or whatever those guys were from. From the Hobbit movies. He looks like you a know? dirty Q-tip, but actually, like, when he first appeared, too, <laughs> I didn't even realize it was a hologram. And so, like, I don't know, for the first minute of that whole sequence, I'm like, this guy looks fucking retarded. Because he's, like, yes. 30 feet yes. tall sitting on a... Yes, yes. And then, and then you see, like, the hologram shimmer, and he's like, okay, it's a hologram. But then you start thinking, like, well, why would they make a hologram projector on this throne that was 30 feet tall? Like, yes. even that's stupid. Like, why not just talk to a normal-sized dude? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I did not like that character. That's one of the things I was sort of greatly unsatisfied with. And, and I feel that it, it's, yeah, it, it just feels like there's a lot of unanswered questions. Since since you're talking about this, Brian, I, I thought maybe we could transition over to you. And you, you had mentioned to me in passing that you, you really did like the character of Ray because you thought that she was you know, going to be a, you know, kind of a, a good role model, a, a nice figure in fiction, you know, something, you know, a character that your daughter could could see and, and you wouldn't feel sort of embarrassed or have to overly explain, you know, why she was a useless, you know, female yeah. in a male genre, like that kind of thing. And I thought, you know, that that was another character. I'm not going to say she's my favorite character, but but I mean, that was a character that I think they, they handled pretty well. I can see why, you know, a female fan base would be really excited in general, whether they're young girls or, you know, girls of, of you know, older ages and everything like that. And even even guys. I mean, you know, I, I you know, she's an attractive lady, you know, and, and, and she seems to, you know, obviously have her, you know, moments in the film and everything. I mean, it's, it's definitely I, I, I would I would. It's a little tough, but I mean, I would I would definitely say she's more than likely going to be the core character in these three films. So do, do you want to go into any of that, like in regards to, you know, maybe her status as a as a sort of role model figure or what you thought of her as a character? Sure. You kind of highlighted a lot of the points. I do have a seven year old daughter and just this year, like three or four months ago, for some reason on a whim, I decided to show her Star Wars and it was like a weekend where we had, like she had Thursday, Friday off school or something. So we watched it that Thursday night. And then she liked it so much that that whole weekend we watched one one more movie every night. So we watched four, five, and six all in one go. But being a girl, you know, at the end of it, she thought it was awesome. And like seeing her reaction to like the Darth Vader reveal was amazing. Like she totally freaked out. She's like, dad, is he lying? Is he really his father? And I'm like, yeah, Sam. So anyways, that was amazing. 
But at the end of it, you know, she enjoyed the whole thing. I'm like, who's your favorite character? And she's like, Princess Leia. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, you think about she, what Princess she Leia doesn't, does. She doesn't have much choice, does she? Yeah, exactly. It's only, <laughs> besides that blue fat chick with six tits. <laughs> I mean, it's the only character she could look up to. But, um, so like, I mean, really, really Leia, Brian, what would you say to like, she was like, I love Von Mothma. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Princess Leia, I mean, her role in the movie is to call for help, lay in a bikini, and get romanced by Han. So, I mean, that's pretty much all she does. But, like, you know, I, I, I told Sam saw all the commercials for this new Star Wars, and she's really excited to go. And so, you know, I wanted to see it before she did just to make sure it wasn't too violent. And I went, and I thought in the marketing, too, they did a really good feint with, like, Finn. Because you kind of think from the marketing that Finn might be, because he's the only one you see at the, the lightsaber and stuff. And he's mm-hmm. the one you see, like, battling Kylo Ren in the preview in the, in the snowfield right, at the right. end. So they do a good job of kind of faking you out. And you think, you know, this chick might be long for the ride, but I think they're going to make this black dude the the hero. And then you get there and watch the movie and Ray fucking kicks ass, like almost from the beginning. And even when, you know, Finn goes into hero mode and is trying to grab her hand all the time and save her, she's like, I don't need you to fucking save me. You know, I can run right, on all right. this stuff. So, yes, like finally Star Wars has a I mean, outside of the cartoons, they finally have like a strong female character that actually does shit and gets stuff stuff done. So like I know my daughter's going to go there and totally be in love with Ray and I can, you know, finally get her off Princess Leia and I'm super stoked for it. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, <laughs> I I think I think it's worth discussing her character because unlike unlike Kylo Ren who uh, let me put it this way, I think the reason why I enjoyed Kylo Ren and I don't find his character arc unsatisfactory is I don't have I mean, I know there's some things they left in mystery. You know, you don't you don't know all the whys of how he got to be where he was, but you understand why he does what he does. And and by the end of the movie, his arc at, at that point is complete. Like his 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 pain had to do with his parents and he excised that pain by killing Han Solo. Like so, I mean, I, I sort of felt like, OK, that's a complete story and I understand it with with Ray. There, there, there were a lot of kick-ass things she did, but I, I go back to, and one of the few things, like, I know you guys were saying, like, you tried to, in certain cases, you watched a lot of trailers and paid attention to a lot of things, or in some cases, you tried to limit the kind of exposure you got before you saw the movie as to not, you know, ruin the experience for you. And one of the few things I sort of treated myself to in the pre-movie experience, besides the two trailers, was I love the Red Letter Media guys. And so I watched them do their little short on their speculations. And there's a lot of things they said in it that hold true to me. But all I can think of is, you know, those Plinkett reviews where he says, all right, describe what happens without using any of the characters' names or any jargon from the films, you know? And and it's like, I can sort of do that with the characters. You know, I can sort of say, okay, this is a girl who was, you know, abandoned by her family and hopes to reunite with them at some point, but is is sort of tied to where she was left behind because she's sort of in fear that she will miss that reunion with her with her family and then gets the courage to you know, through through bringing a a lost object back to its owner, you know, gets the courage to to go out into the world and possibly reunite with her family eventually. Now, as far as what actually happens in the movie, I don't know. There's lots of speculation, 
Like, you know, what was interesting is, you know, a lot of people are asking, is is Ray Luke Skywalker's daughter? Like, I, I think that's the natural assumption to make. I feel like in that in that opening scene where she's got the little ad at house, like, I, I don't know, I haven't seen anybody talk about this online, but I've not been, you know, voraciously combing the Internet to see, you know, people's speculations and everything. It's only what I sort of gain by osmosis through, you know, Facebook and message boards and things like that. But the first thing I noticed and, and I, I kind of hesitate because I don't know if it's just fan wank that's in the background that I'm not supposed to pay attention to. But Ray seemed to have the red five helmet of Luke Skywalker. Like, that's what she was wearing oh, in the desert, that, yeah. you know, like, and, and so, and, and there was like a little scarecrow that was kind of like stuffed and it had an X-Wing fighter pilot outfit. So my take was, well, yeah, maybe she did live with Luke at some point And she, you know, when she was really little, I mean, you know, and that, that was my assumption. I'm like, why else would she have his helmet? You know, like that's, that's what I thought. I don't know that anybody's keyed in on that or not. I mean, I, I don't want to be like, I'm the only person who ever thought of this. Cause I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> But but uh, that was something that occurred to me when I watched the film. But since that question is never definitively answered, you know, like that that kind of speaks to some of what I feel are the flaws, like some of my disappointment or things that I feel are unsatisfactory. And yes, I'm sure, you know, the minute the episode eight starts, you know, some of those questions will be answered, you know, and, and, and so people are going to be like, why are you getting upset? You know, like you have to wait for the next movie. But, you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I think that end scene would have meant more to me if I knew for sure she sort of accomplished part of what her dream or goal was. And I, I don't know a hundred percent for sure if she did, because now it seems like she's got a new dream or a new goal. If that makes any there, there, sense. There was some mm-hmm. parallels though, that you notice when you watch the movie to, to like Luke Skywalker. And that was, I'm sure by no means accidental. And I think that's why they give you those hints to like, you know, let you know that she is the main character because you know, what do we have? We have this person who's stuck on a desert planet whose life is not really going anywhere. What is Luke? Luke is a kid on a desert planet whose life is not really going anywhere. Yeah. At a, at a point, she finds this little droid who, like, you know, is more important than he seems. What does Luke do? He finds this little droid who's more important than he seems. And then what happens? Some big moment, Luke's, you know, uncle and aunt, you know, you know, get uh, killed and stuff like that. She hooks up with Finn and stuff, and she's thrust, you know, she finds that, you know, thing she has to take. I'm trying not to be spoiler, even though we're being spoiler. I don't know why I'm not trying to. Yeah, you, yeah, you feel feel free to, you know, that we've already given the warning, so I don't, you know, the more vague you are, the less I know what you're talking about at this point. But but yeah, the point is she she gets thrust into the same kind of situation Luke does, where she has to make a decision to go on this adventure or you know, do the same thing she has been doing, which is what Luke had to do. He was like, you know, do I go with Ben Kenobi, you know, or do like you know, I sit on Tatooine, you know? She's like, do I. Do I go off with Finn and Han Solo and Chewie, or do I stay on Jakku and just scavenge? And well, it's interesting because she she does have that moment where it's like I have to go home. Yeah, like I can't. You know, like part of me was like, "Holy shit!" Is like Luke like on an IV in that ad at somewhere, like on life support, and she has to like <laughs> take care of him. Like, I mean, she just seemed desperate to get back, and I, I think it was more of an emotional thing. Obviously, there was nobody she really needed to care for that we just didn't see off camera. Yeah, but there there is that 
that desperation of, of, you know, oh, I'm waiting, you know, I mean, I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, somebody like waiting for, for a date, you know, it's like, I can't leave this coffee house, this really cool chick's <laughs> coming, you know, or whatever. But I mean, in, in her sense, it was like a family, you know, it was a family thing. It's like, I can't leave because, because my family might come back, you know, and, and that kind of idea. So, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, and then she definitely has to make that decision of, you know what, getting this, getting this droid back to the resistance is is you know at this point more takes priority over my wants and needs you know and 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 having to sort of make that decision yeah, yeah but the, it's like i said it's just like luke though it's the hero's journey you know at some point he and her both had to make that decision you know it's like do i just be who i am or can i be something more and they both they, they both do that decision and the reason i'm drawing that parallel is because i think what brian was saying is like in a lot of the teasers or the trailers you're like Oh yeah, Finn's the main guy. He's got the lightsaber, and like he gets a lot of screen time. You know, he has that whole like you know, that little uh, monologue in the trailer. You're like, you know, I don't have anything to fight for anymore. And you're like, oh, he's gonna you know find something to fight for and stuff. And Finn is fun. Finn's a great character, but as the movie goes along, you know, you do see that Ray is it becomes a lot more important than he does as far as being the main character. Yeah, I, I, I think before we I, I think it's moving in a direction where we're going to be talking about Finn. But before we do that, I just kind of I don't know if Mike or Justin have anything to say about Ray that they want to impart in detail or any thoughts or opinions that they had. Um, not really. I think you guys covered it. But like when I when I watched it with a buddy, he was like, who is your favorite new character? And I automatically said Ray without thinking about it. Like, OK, yeah, like I think I, it's I, the parallels to Luke that I like. And it's kind of like. Whereas Luke ultimately left when his aunt and uncle died, like Ray leaves, you know, just kind of on her own. And I think I kind of like that a little bit more for some reason. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Ray was my favorite, like new of the new characters too. She definitely like she's got that main characteritis like hovering around her too now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so now we're 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 finally to the the elephant in the room. We we've got to deal with FN three four two seven nine seven, who uh, is a is a first order stormtrooper who basically comes across the character that everybody knew his name before the movie came out. I felt like like you know what's funny? I I huh. sort of hated I hated Poe Dameron because I listened to all these podcasts and things, and because there was an action figure of Poe Dameron, everybody's like Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, <laughs> and I'm like, you don't even know the fucking character. Like you haven't even seen the movie yet, and everybody's like Poe Dameron. Like like it, the way the way that it's like, dude, Poe, like you know him, like he's your friend or something, and it was like driving me fucking insane. And then I saw the movie. And man, and he's your that friend. guy is great. He is my friend. He's like, hey, buddy. And I'm like, he, this guy is awesome. And I, I really, really liked him and everything. And so, you know, he didn't have a whole lot to do. But because, you know, he's such an engaging character, I guess, you know, Finn, this this stormtrooper that this is this is what the movie tells us. He is a, a stormtrooper. He was abducted from his family. He was raised from birth to work for the first order and he was basically like indoctrinated and you know he was he was sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for he was brainwashed. like brainwashed cons conscripted at a young age you know he, he's got to serve the first order and everything and so so and and what we see in his journey and it's a pretty clear journey but i mean if i was going to do the plinket like don't use any star wars terms you know i'd be like 
this is a soldier who is a conscientious objector of war, does not take anyone's life because he used to work in sanitation, and the minute he's exposed to the, the real-world experience of war, immediately rejects it, and then goes into a POW situation and rescues the prisoner. And, and that's how the movie begins. I, I would also add, Derek, I would also add, loves taking off his helmet dramatically. That, well, yeah, there you go. You can't, can't <laughs> help but, but again, you, you have to, you know, I, I'll give, I'll give some credit, you know, because, because there, there's a lot to be said about acting in a mask. Like, and, 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 you know, you, you do have to do that kind of, you know, uh, dare I say it, you know, power rangery acting when you're, you're covered in a stormtrooper mask, you know, so there, like exaggerate and stuff. Yeah, there, there is something to be said you, you, you sort of have to exaggerate your horror at, at seeing all these people get killed, you know, when, when Kylo Ren attacks the, um, the, I forget what that place was called, but the, the little place where him and, and BB-8 were hanging out with Luke's old buddy from freaking... I'm like, wh- when, since when does Luke Skywalker and everybody... Since when is Max von Sydow a friend of, like, the fucking rebellion? <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is he? Like, I was like, you know, but I'm like, okay. Weren't you, you mean? He's, Weren't you mean the freaking merciless? <laughs> yeah, he seemed like he should have been someone. Like, yeah. like it, it seemed like he, like an actor of that, like, you know, of that pedigree should have been, like, someone. Like like a character? Yeah. Like, he, he's got a name on IMDb, and I didn't bother to remember it or read it. Laura Santica. Oh, okay. But, like, of all the unanswered questions of the movie, like, I figure we're going to find out, like, the, you know, we're going to find out if... Ray is actually Luke's daughter or not, and yeah. all these other things like Snoke, but like his character, I'm like, well, he's dead, so like I want to know who he is. Like, who was he? Like, are we ever going to find this out? And kind of like, kind of like Plinkett, like, don't tell me it happens in a comic book or a, a video game. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, that's a good that's a good segue, and and I want to go back to the the Plinkett speculation. Now, we've kind of given you the down low on who Finn is, you know, that he's a stormtrooper for the First Order, and he kind of has a change of heart, basically, and, and he ends up running into Rey. And I think through more through his libido than anything else, he, he ends up enveloped in the Resistance and, and becomes sort of a force for good, even though he's, he's conflicted and, and, you know, doesn't fully commit to it until, like, the last third of the movie. But I think... When, when the Red Letter Media guys reviewed that trailer, and even my first initial reaction to the trailer... Now, now I have to be careful, because I'm sure this is going to get me in, into a ton of trouble. But I, I think I, I think it'd be fair to say the Red Letter Media guys had the same reaction. And, and my evidence is they see what happens and and uh i think jay asks what's what's the guy's name who actually does plinkett i can't remember his name but jay jay rich Rich evans no not rich the um you know the 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 real plinkett the 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 yeah i forgot his name yeah it's like his buddy jay and then him and then anyway so so he asks him you know he basically says hey you know do you think he's a stormtrooper and he kind of says, no, I don't think he's a stormtrooper. He says, what I think more than likely is, you know, Finn and Poe Dameron are working for the Resistance. Poe gets kidnapped and Finn goes in disguised as a stormtrooper and breaks him out. That was his speculation based on what we had seen in the trailers. And I think that speaks to 
how I felt about when I first saw the trailers. Because when I first saw the trailers and I saw him, kind of like what Brian says, and in, in, in my sense, I saw it as, oh, look, a black dude's a stormtrooper. And I thought, that seems off to me. And it's not because, it, you know, it's, it's not, you know, I think, I think when I first saw that trailer, I even said, and to some people's anger, I said, I think it looks like fan fiction. You know, I think it looks like a fan film, you know, like it, something seems weird about it to me. It doesn't quite feel like Star Wars. And I think part of that was that scene where he pops up out of the frame. You know, it, it almost looked it looked comical to me. And and, and I was kind of like, well, that's weird. And I think part of it is I'm still stuck in that expanded universe thing of Timothy Zahn, where they said that the emperor was a xenophobe. And I'm kind of thinking, like, the, the best way I can explain it to you guys, without sounding horribly offensive, hopefully, to a bunch of people, is it's the same way I've always felt about when they cast a black actor as a member of HYDRA in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm always in the back <laughs> yeah. of my head, I'm kind of like, you do realize that HYDRA essentially was an offshoot of the fucking Nazi party, right? Like, like, yeah. and I'm like, no matter how many generations removed it is, it's like, it's like one of those things where I start to just second guess it and go, that seems strange to me. And in the same sense, it seems strange to me that you'd have an African American character playing what is essentially, I mean, it, to me, it's like, you know, what if like, uh, you know, basically that same actor popped up and he had a Nazi uniform on, like, and wouldn't that seem kind of weird to you? Like what freaky alternate universe is this? where you had African-Americans as part of the Nazi party, you know, like, like something weird must have happened, you know, or, or even worse, like what if an African-American popped up and they had a Ku Klux Klan outfit on? Like, that's kind of what I felt like because the stormtroopers are representative of all that sort of fascist evil, you know, they're killing people with flamethrowers. They're doing all this nasty shit. And I just thought, well, that's strange. And then we're told that they are conscripted at a young age and they're brainwashed. So then my problem became with it, well, okay, he he sort of breaks his conditioning, essentially, right? He's, you know, Leia Organa says, what you did was very brave. You know, you broke your conditioning. You're free of, of that, you know, uh, ideology. And now you're you're free, you know, you're a free person and you're free to pursue your own, you know, goals and dreams and all this kind of stuff. And... My problem with that then became now every single one of those force or I'm sorry, every single one of those first order stormtroopers is somebody who could potentially be redeemed. And yet they go around and murder all of them. Well, to speak real quick to what you're saying, like I totally get that. What makes it worse is like how how much of a pacifist Finn was like against the people on the planet. But then as soon as he rescues Poe, like he's in the back of that um the the ship and he's like blown away like stormtroopers left and right and these are people that you know he's grown up with since birth and like you just mentioned like he broke the programming he has his own conscious like conscience none of these people have that and like he suddenly doesn't care that he's like wiping out and exterminating all these guys <laughs> That well, on, part really bugged me. Yeah, and uh, on top of that, like, like, uh, and, and you know, I'll let somebody speak to this after I finish my thought. But you know, uh, hopefully, this will be semi amusing. But you know, I, I did feel like his character felt like, and you could take this as as an insult or a compliment. You're you you can take it either way. So feel free. But he reminded me a lot of Will Smith in Independence Day. Like, that there was this kind of exuberance and energy to his character and everything. But again, 
it, it, it felt a little out of place, you know, like where, you know, like you're saying that he's in the Millennium Falcon going like, whoa, yeah, yeah. blew up them motherfuckers. You know? And you're just kind of like sitting there going, OK, that's great. But didn't you grow up with all those kids? Like, didn't like don't don't you have any sort of uh, compunction to to, you know, I mean, I get that, you know, OK, you know, uh, it, it's the same old arguments, you know, that you're in a life and death situation and, you know, better you than them and that kind of thing. But you'd think there'd be some kind of, I don't know, just, just some kind of acknowledgement of, of the fact that maybe maybe he's a, a one in, ten, you know, C-3PO. That's a one in 10 billion chance that you broke your conditioning and then you could just be like, all right, well, he's. He's really fucking special, and there's nothing you can do for all these other poor bastards. Okay, fine, but it's never really addressed. Well, I mean, I, I would go with. Let me go into some expanded universe and and canon lore here, real quick, to try to explain my position. Like, they, like first of all, let's look at the clone troopers. All those guys were clones, and they were like, you know, programmed, not like brainwashed, but like literally genetically programmed to follow orders. And, you know, of course, the worst one being Order 66, where they kill all the Jedi. And it's revealed that there are some canon people, like the uh, clone troopers and uh, rebels, Rex, who broke free of that programming or were not active or uh, whatever. Something happened and they did not get the order. And they actually fight against clone troopers and stuff. And I think the thing is, is there comes a point where, you know, yes, Finn could do the whole thing of where, you know, maybe we could try to save them and stuff. But there's going to be a lot of times where they're fighting people, and like if they're shooting at the Millennium Falcon, he's not going to get on the radio and be like, "Hey, buddy, remember when we used to have fun?" It's like, no, they're shooting at you. They're trying to kill you. So I think there's that realm of danger. And as far as the whole black thing, you know, him being a black stormtrooper, I get what you're saying, Derek. Because yes, the Empire is does seem to be very Nazis and stuff, space Nazis. But in the expanded universe, Palpatine isn't actually racist as far as color. He just hates aliens. He doesn't like aliens. Like well, yeah, that, that, that's that's why I said he's xenophobic. But I, I, yeah, I, I, to me, like that on on a baser level, it's like, well, if if Palpatine was in the expanded universe xenophobic, I, I, to me, it like it just felt like it extends, you know, where I, I just wanted to sort of emphasize. It's not that I have any problem with you know, oh, yeah, no, no, Aka yeah. being in the film. Like, I think he should be in the film. But it's just one of those things where some of those things seemed a little off to me. And, and, and like that's... in the storyline, yeah, yeah. I know you're yeah, not saying, yeah. Jabba, you're like, fuck him. You're just like, this doesn't make sense in the story. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that it seemed kind of off. So that's that's my that's my little caveat. And, and people can send angry emails to fanholespodcast at gmail.com if you disagree with me or want to well, beat me with a stick. So. Well, I, I think also in canon, they also established, like, especially during like the uh, original trilogy, they stopped using clones, and they were starting to just conscript people, and they had the Imperial Academy and stuff. I, I understand that part of it, you know, like uh, supposedly yeah. Han Solo joined the Academy, you know. There, there's all this weird talk of what Academy is Luke going to attend in the first Star Wars. Conceivably, it yeah, is exactly, yeah. the Imperial Academy, you know. So, like, that's, you know, I, I just think it goes back to even, you know, when we're talking about, like, the Rebels cartoon one night where, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, as long as they're wearing masks, they're all faceless douchebags that it's totally okay to oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. But, but the minute that, they yeah. take off their helmet, they become... A human being and you sort of identify with them it's the whole thing of why you know in superhero movies they always have to take off their masks so you can see their eyes and see their emotions and all this other kind of stuff and and we might we might get lucky and maybe in the next two movies there might be a scene possibly i doubt it but i mean you never know 
there might be a scene where Boyega, you know, is confronted by like a stormtrooper he knows and like maybe not breaks his coding, but like, you know, talks his way out of it and the stormtrooper doesn't kill him or something. That'd be that'd be a cool scene. That'd be a cool scene. I think a good opportunity to have dealt with that is the scene where he he has Luke's lightsaber. They're they're on that planet. And the 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 other guy, the the shock trooper the, like guy, the pike. Yeah, who had yeah. that that pike or whatever it was, like you know that guy calls him a traitor. You know he says you are a traitor, like and and he's gonna take him out. And you know there there would have been a nice moment for him to have some kind of. I mean I I know it's crazy, but you know some kind of Gundam philosophical like you can do it, you can break this conditioning. Like I was raised like you too, and you don't have to do yeah. it. You know and that kind of thing. And even if he ends up having to you know lightsaber the guy in half, at least at that point I could have. Said, hey you know what he's a good guy and he tried you know he tried it didn't work and i would not hold it against him you know but but they, they don't even really broach that you know at all you know know what i also wanted to mention and you you kind of mentioned it earlier where like like i, I was kind of confused with finn's motivations too like very early on where i'm like oh, okay well he doesn't want to kill anyone and then like he immediately goes on that murder spree in the hangar basically <laughs> yeah. so i was like yeah okay no, so agree, yeah, so it's kind of yeah, weird yeah and it is he, he like so then i was like okay so he wants to escape the first order at any cost like you know get away from them like maybe lay low so he goes to he falls to the planet you know he he goes to the city and then he sees like you know ray being accosted and he's like i gotta go help her and i'm like wait why like uh, why because she's hot it's, I, I, I guess that's the only reason why because I think it's like, she's hot yeah <laughs> yeah I, I get like you would think he would want to escape people's notice not like you know jump into the middle of something yeah. where everyone's looking at him but you know I, I was like okay well that's not your motivation either so what what is it but I, I thought it was because he well, noticed I, BB-8 because you know Poe taught him it was an orange and white droid. So that's that's like that's what I assumed. Oh, oh, that he he was he was into trying to carry out Poe's mission. Yeah. You, you know what? Can we talk about that? Like like you you know what's funny is did you hear the rumor or the I I feel like it it was it was said on the internet so often that you know kind of like unicron being voiced by leonard nimoy in the last five minutes <laughs> it, it was an internet rumor that became fact but what i had heard was the trailers we had seen were only the first 30 minutes of this movie and as far as i'm concerned that's a flat-out falsity like I, i'm yeah. not saying that i was promised that but i'm saying i did hear that quite a bit like oh you've only seen the first 30 minutes of the movie and like the perfect example of that i think is poe like Poe Dameron does get helped by Finn, you know, and Finn heroically, you know, or, or murderously, however you want to interpret it, you know, <laughs> saves saves Poe, right? And he's like, thanks, buddy, you know, and he helps him fly. And and some of it seems self-serving. It's like, why are you rescuing me? Because it's the right thing to do. And he's like, because you need a pilot. And he's like, yeah, that too, you know, like, so it's like there's these kind of dichotomy in in, in what he's doing. But okay, so they, they escape, and then they immediately, you know, crash on... Jakku, the planet, the desert planet, and then it's like, oh, well, you know, Finn gets knocked from the crash, and he believes that Poe is still stuck in the TIE fighter, and then it, like, you know, basically explodes and goes under the sand and everything, and, you know, if I had not seen any trailers, I might have thought, oh, shit, that guy's dead. <laughs> yeah. But... Because I've seen trailers with him in the fucking X-Wing cockpit, and I haven't seen that scene yet, like... I kind of know, like, oh, he's not dead. He's fine. He's hiding. You know, like, I mean, did anybody else sort of have that? I mean, I know some people say, oh, you're not going to remember trailers when you're really invested in a movie and watching it. But 
I I did. So I, I don't know if anybody else had that moment or not. I don't think it like made me mad. I wasn't like, you know, oh, they ruined a suspenseful moment. Because it was really quick, and I mean, we knew Poe was going to live. But like, at the same time, it would have been nice if we didn't know who, like like you said, like everybody on the internet, Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron. If we didn't know who Poe Dameron was, and he could have been just like, you know, like the fucking captain on the uh, the Rebel Blockade Runner. is like, oh, he's the captain. He's going to, oh, no, he's dead. You know, it would have been kind of interesting, you know, to think, oh, he's not coming back and then have him show up later on and stuff. And, you know, well, that was my joke to you earlier, Derek. It was like, you know, hey, Finn, I'm your buddy. We're going to be lifelong pals. I want to be gone for an hour. See you at the end of the movie. You know? so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was like, before we started, I read an article where like J.J. Abrams basically says, or, or um, not J.J. Abrams, uh, the the actor, uh, Oscar Isaacs, I think. Oh, yeah, it, Oscar it, Isaacs. Yeah. He said that like Oscar initially J.J. Abrams had told him, you're going to die in the first like 10 minutes of this movie or something. And like, <laughs> I guess they, they hit it off on set and he was like, no, you know what? I'm going to bring Poe back at the end or whatever. And that's like, huh. that's why there's such a like sort of gulf between his like, screen times. But huh. That's a very that's a very Han Solo thing because they were supposed to kill him off an Empire and he wasn't going to be a Jedi and then they're like, no, we're going to bring him back. So that's kind of very Lucas. It's almost filming. it's almost kind of like like he's like Poe's like if if Finn is like a decoy like protagonist for Ray, it's like then like Poe is like a decoy decoy protagonist for <laughs> Finn almost like it's like a double triple bluff almost. <laughs> Since he didn't get a lot of screen time, and he, you know you couldn't talk a lot about him. Actually, one of my favorite characters was Poe, because like Derek said, he is your friend, he is your buddy, and not only that, but one of my biggest complaints with the prequel trilogy was we had so many fucking Jedi, Jedi out the ass, and by the end of that trilogy, I was really tired of Jedi. I was like, remember Star Wars, where it was like a Jedi, this old man wizard, and like Han Solo and Chewbacca had all these different characters, and Poe Dameron not being a Jedi, just being a really good fighter pilot, I'm like, this is what I like. I like the ragtag band of, like, you know, heroes. So I think that's why I identified with Poe so much. It wasn't just because he was fun. Because, yeah, like you guys said, and like I, you know, saw for myself, I was like, God, he was gone for so much of the movie. But the times he was on there, he's very charismatic. He is a really good pilot. I like the fact that in that final battle scene, you know, that fucking kick-ass orange and black X-Wing is just tearing it up. And... You know, I I really got an affinity for him. I'm like, oh, he's kind of like my wedge from like the original trilogy. He's like wedge on steroids, super badass. Yeah, exactly. He's better. He's better than wedge. Yeah. So I just want to give him a little bit of love before we moved on. Oh yeah, no, I I think he deserves the love and stuff. I I thought since we talked about Ray, Kylo Ren, and Finn now, like I I thought. I would just like to bring up some of my initial gut reactions when seeing their final confrontation, which is basically, you know, one, Facebook fucking spoiled the fact that Finn was going to get a lightsaber. So I I, I can't remember. Yeah. Was that in? I, I can't remember. Was that in some of the trailers? I, I can't remember. Yeah, you now. see him with the lightsaber in later one. Snow it, it was it was the it was that second trailer, right? I yeah. think somehow like in between that first trailer and the second trailer, I somehow saw on Facebook some kind of gif of him lighting up the lightsaber. So I was already kind of grumpy about that, like not not because he was lighting up the lightsaber, but because like I didn't intend to find that out like on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like it was just like one of those things where I was like, "What?" And then um 
I, I, I guess, I guess in, in terms of that battle, like it's, it's interesting because you've, I, I think it, it harkens back to sort of what Mike's saying is that, you know, maybe Kylo Ren isn't as badass as you thought he was because it's like Finn basically has no experience with a lightsaber and yet he doesn't immediately die. Now you can do all sorts of fan wank about it. Like, you know, Kylo Ren is playing with his prey or something like that. And, you know, it does have that the the fight does have that flow where the minute Finn gets a lucky hit on him, then he immediately like chops him down, you know? So there is that aspect to it. And in between that fight, speaking of, you know, to what Brian's saying about having like a role model and having Ray do a lot of important things in the film, there was a moment where I was kind of like, Holy crap, is she dead? Like that moment where he like laser into the tree and her face yeah. is all fucking pale and shit. I just went, you know, like talking about like double and triple faints where I was just kind of like, I was like, what? Like, she's not the main character. Like, and I was like, really like, is that, is that for real? And then all of a sudden it's kind of like he has the fight and then he gets chopped down and I went, oh, okay. Now he's dead and she's not dead. Like, you know, and I was kind of like going back and forth where, and you know, and it's like, then it turns out none of them are dead, you know, like, but, but that was kind of my, my, my train of thought as I was watching that, that sequence. And, and, you know, going back to the Kylo Ren thing, you, you, you know, I, I do already see sort of the, the fan collective trying to come up with reasons why Kylo Ren didn't murder them both you know where it's like oh well maybe ray was trained and she just doesn't remember you know like because it's like you know from our perspective it's like ray's very capable and can handle herself with this staff and looks after bb-8 and you know obviously is a survivor because she's lived on this desert planet but i mean as far as like holding a lightsaber you know like she says i've never held that before i've never fired a blaster before like she does say certain things where you're like well she's She's in some sense, she's highly inexperienced, but she gets that sort of Gundam new type, you know, force thing going on where it's like, oh, just because I've never fired a blaster before, I'm a crack shot. You know, just because I've never held a lightsaber before, I can hold my own with, a, you know, conceivably a Sith Lord, quote unquote. So I'm just kind of curious, like what your thoughts on that that final confrontation were. I thought of her as Gohan, like she has like unlimited, untapped potential. That's how I justified it in my brain. Cool, cool. That's about all you can do, really. I, I mean, because it's like, I, I mean, it's it's hard to say much more about it because she is completely untrained and she goes to town on fucking Kylo Ren, who's supposed to be this badass. And like even her doing the Jedi mind trick, like, I mean, did someone witness Luke doing it or another Jedi and like that rumor spread that they could do it? And so she just... I don't know. Like, why would she even assume she might be a Jedi or force capable and try that, you know? Yeah. Like on that stormtrooper, she <laughs> just does it. And, you know, and three times it works. So, yeah, I mean, really the only explanation is that unbeknownst to her, she is so like secretly uber powerful with the force. She just picks stuff up and by the third try. There's a lot of there's a lot of speculation about when she lifts up the lightsaber and that flashback that she has. I mean, there's so much imagery there. Uh, and Mike even posted today that supposedly, you know, Frank Oz and, and Ewan McGregor had lines in that flashback, which I, yeah, you know, so I was like, OK, like that. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest and say I didn't. That wasn't anything I 
picked up on when I saw it. It's like I, I felt like I saw like Constable Zuvio and I felt like there were some some death and chaos going on there. And, you know, my my speculation is, you know, oh, if, if she is the daughter of Luke Skywalker, you know, maybe the mother was killed, you know, like that kind of thing. Like that's that was my maybe, maybe Constable Zuvio was the mother. <laughs> that explains why they both have staffs well i mean there is also you know i mean not to try to explain it but i guess trying to go for a no prize like in, in the original movies you don't really see luke really train with a lightsaber much like you know in the first movie like obi-wan lets him wave it around and he gets to play with the drone a little bit and even han solo is like you know you know, easier to go up against a drone than real people. And then in Empire, you know, Yoda's not like sitting there, you know, doing his whole, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, he's just like, you know, lift some rocks, you know, and he doesn't really train with a lightsaber. And then he does a pretty good job against Vader. Yes, he gets his hand cut off, but he lasts a lot longer against Vader than you would think. So maybe there is something about the Force where if it's in your bloodline or if you can tap it, you do have kind of instinctual knowledge of how to do certain Force things, just not to the utmost until you train. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. I mean, no idea. that that could be an option. I mean, the option that, you know, obviously we don't know a lot about her childhood and maybe she's, you know, repressed some training memories. I mean, some of the speculation is she was, you know, she when she comes back to that planet and Luke takes off his hood, that it's it's like some kind of reunion. You know, it's some kind of, you know, if anything, maybe maybe he's not her father, but was her master. And she just doesn't remember, you know, getting the initial training, the 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 Padawan, you know, uh, what, what do they call it? The youngling training. Like she forgot her she forgot <laughs> her youngling training and her little braid hair or whatever. I, I didn't I didn't have a huge problem with how that last fight went, like in terms of like, you know, the staging of it and stuff, because I, I think also like, you know, you could you could say Kylo was off his game because he also took a friggin uh, bowcaster yes. shot to his yes. like stomach. Yeah. And That's clearly true. he was wearing some kind of like, you know, space Kevlar or something because he kept like bumping it and stuff and like shaking out blood or whatever but yeah, yeah. so he might have not been at yeah, like 100 percent. the the problem i would have with that last fight though is actually like a, a like a dramatic problem where like ren and ray are like clashing and you know it's it's like really intense and there's a lot of tension and then like kylo ren just kind of drops the line he's like you need training and a teacher i could teach you and i'm like man <laughs> she's just not that into you dude like like give it a rest like, like well but i think i for me like again i'll i'll defend the parts of the movie i liked and and do my fan rationalization or whatever but i think i think at that point it's it's a sith trait like he knows he's kind of losing, you know, so so he's going to turn it into the tempter thing instead and see if he can try that. Yeah, angle. I got you know, it too, yeah. It's, it's kind of like... If that, would, plan... that would work if he was, like, super smooth and stuff, but he yeah. isn't. He's like a big yeah, but, dork. Well, but, but <laughs> going to Tashi Station and getting power converters isn't smooth, right? I mean, there, there's, there's, there's still that... That Skywalker in him, you know, <laughs> like, I, mean, I, don't I, don't know, know. But I know, but from like a completely like dramatic and like cinematic, like, like perspective, like it, it just kind of drained the tension out of that moment. Okay. Basically, That's fair. it That's was fair. like, you know, where they're like gritting, gritting teeth and clashing like friggin' laser swords together in the snow and this like epic environment. And then he's all of a sudden like, you need a teacher. I could, I could teach you. Want to come to my place and we could study together? Like, 
<laughs> you want to come over at Netflix and chill? <laughs> I think I think you feel about Kylo Ren like I feel about young Bruce Wayne on Gotham. Right? <laughs> you know, like, I, I think that's that's how you. Feel about it. on his headphones. You know? Kylo Ren. <laughs> like, it's like somehow Screech, Screech Powers became Bruce Wayne or something. I, I will say one thing I really like though, especially after the prequels, of seeing like wonderfully choreographed and. Flippy, flippy, floppy, floppy, you know, jumping and, like, hidden tiger crouching dragon, dragon shit. That lightsaber fight was pretty brutal, though. It wasn't, like, yeah. as, yeah, clean. It was just, like, it was more like Empire, where it's like, I will hit you with this fucking laser baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. It was just two guys, or guy and a girl, hacking away at each other, basically. There was, like, no grace or, you know. But, yeah, I mean, that's all I'd have to say. I kind of miss that. So the the one last thing that I've been kind of hedging my bets on or holding off on mentioning, but th- this was something I think for me was a fear that was realized, and I'm going to call it the the Star Trek Generations principle. And it's that <laughs> I was I was sort of a little uh, apprehensive about seeing the original actors return, and I'm going to just throw out the caveat: like you four know better than anybody else. How much I defended Mark Hamill searching for, you know, cigarette butts at the fat burger and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's not about that. You know, you know, I'm not saying that because I have any ill will towards any of these actors in terms of their looks and their appearance and all this other kind of stuff. Like, I appreciate look, man, like stuff like that happens. You get old, you look different. It's not going to be the same thing. You can't recapture you know, uh, uh, something that happened, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. Like, I understand yeah, Carrie, that. Yeah, Carrie Fisher can't you know? go back to be 21 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But holy shit, Carrie Fisher. Holy <laughs> shit. Come on, man. Like, holy fucking shit. Like, she sucks just... like she smoked a pack a day for fucking the last 40 years, too. <laughs> Well, I was just like, I, I couldn't <laughs> trust. Well, like I, I said to you, Derek, before we started, like, trust me when I say after watching her on like interviews, when she guest on Craig Ferguson for the last <laughs> five years, she was super on her game for this movie. Like, seriously, like this, if you thought this was bad, like you don't even know, man, like. I <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things where you you have certain images in your head and I and I know they can never hope to meet those images, but th- this was something I you know I I don't often talk about modern comic and TV shows on this podcast just because I like doing my video series and dealing with it there when the need arises and everything. And I, all I'll say is this: is it, it, the only way I can articulate how I feel about it is. I love The Flash season one on television. I really do. I think it's a great show. I'm, I'm a little iffy on what's been going on in the second season, but there have still been some really good episodes. Having said that, as, as, as much as that TV show is my jam, the episodes where Mark Hamill showed up as the trickster just kind of made me sad. Like, and it's not... I, I don't know how to explain it. It's not any, you know, reflection on him. It's not like he did a bad job or anything, but it's just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it's, and that's kind of how I felt. Like, like Han Solo saying Chewie were home and Luke taking off his hood at the end of this movie and, and grabbing the lightsaber from Ray are just supposed to be like, 
awesome oh my god losing my fucking shit awesome and all i really felt was kind of like oh this is like chubby kirk like flying off his little jungle gym crucifix you know and and it was one of those things where you're like oh this isn't really i mean i i, I guess what i'm trying to broach is Han Solo is Han Solo. Luke Skywalker is Luke Skywalker. But unfortunately, in this film, just because of how people have aged, they're really just Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill. Like, they're not the iconic characters, really. I I would have to disagree with you on that. I don't know. I, I think Han Solo did a really good job. I'll let you finish, but... I think Harrison Ford, I was scared he was going to phone it in. I think he, I, I originally thought he was just wanting to do a paycheck. And I don't know if it's because he gets killed and he knows he doesn't have to come back. You know, he's like, yeah, one and done. I would, any day of the week, much rather have old Han Solo than old Indiana Jones. I thought Harrison Ford did a really good job. I, I, I'll, I'll, before I keep going with my thoughts, like, does anybody else have anything to say about, like, Harrison Ford as Han Solo? Um, I kind of thought he sucked a little bit. No, no, <laughs> no, know. that's... Cause, cause for me, like, like I, I, th this is what I'm going to refer to as the, uh, Charlton Heston principle in planet of the apes. <laughs> you know, I will come back for the sequel if you kill me in the first four minutes. And, and it also is kind of the Sigourney Weaver principle. Remember when I went on that big rant about Sigourney <laughs> Weaver wanting to fuck an alien way back in alien and eventually yeah. she got it. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Harrison Ford, since this fucking franchise started is like kill Han Solo, kill Han Solo. What does he do when he goes on Jimmy Fallon? It's funny as fuck, but he rips up a fucking hot toys Han Solo. He hates fucking Han Solo. He yeah. just wants the character to die and he wants nothing more to do with it. And now that he's in a position of power, Harrison Ford is bigger than J.J. Abrams and is bigger than, you know, to extent Disney. He can dictate terms. You want me to come back to this franchise? Kill this fucking character. And to me, that is not really taking into account the 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 kind of of. I don't know the 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 mythology of 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 what Star Wars is. It doesn't it doesn't put the mythology first. It puts him first. Yeah, it, you know? he's not dead because Han Solo should have died in this you know, in this movie. He's dead because Harrison Ford hates playing him. Right. You know? and even when he's joking, I mean, like it's just been for like so many years that he's always bagged on Star Wars and Star Wars fans. It's like, yeah, it's not really even funny anymore. We get that you hate the movie. Don't fucking do it. See, th yeah, that's, yeah, this is something I don't understand, and maybe Derek can kind of clue me in because you'll have experience with this. Like, if someone came up to me and was like, we'll give you millions of dollars to pretend to be Hitler for four months, I'd be like, sign me up. Like, so how do you, like, isn't this... I mean, he's being paid millions of dollars to yeah, but, pretend but to be this character. So why is it so like distasteful to him? Like, I don't but, understand that. See, see, you're coming from it from the perspective of Justin Barber. Right. Justin Barber's never been paid four million dollars for anything, right? Right. So, but but Harrison Ford has, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, like think of it this way: whatever your biggest payday was. Imagine somebody asked you to do something you think is distasteful for that same amount of money. How would you react to it? I mean, just from his perspective, if you could avoid doing it, wouldn't you? Like, if you, if you, if you hate, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of something you hate doing. But... 
Like, like if if you if you hate watching um, uh, posting on Bot Talk. <laughs> if if you if you hate seeing Renaud spam on Bot Talk, and I paid you the highest amount of money to to engage in Renaud spam on Bot Talk, like, but you would also get paid the same to watch Doctor Who. Which one would you rather do? Yeah. You know, like that, that, I mean, I, I think it's just that simple. Like, I don't think it's like complex or anything like that. I, I also go with like, you know, like Kirk and Spock and all these people who played iconic characters, you know, I, 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 I don't give it a pass because I can kind of see it, I guess, because I haven't done it, like you said, Derek, but I can kind of relate to the idea of like, hey, I'm going to go check my mail. Hey, who shot first? You were Greedo, or hey, like you know, I have a bad feeling about this, and that's all you're identified with. <laughs> and I could see how that would get kind of tiresome. You're like, I, I, I was Jack Ryan. I like did a lot of movies. I was Indiana Jones. Like, can you stop with the Han Solo shit? So I could kind of see that being a little bit grating too. Is like after 30 years, you know, he's still known as Han Solo. So I mean, I could see that would be kind of annoying. To me, I think it'd be awesome. But again, like you said, I'm not Harrison Ford, so I don't. Well, know. And, and I think I think you hit the nail on the head by bringing up Mr. Spock. Like Harrison Ford is perpetually stuck in the "I am not Spock" mode, mm. you know. And 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 maybe one day he will write a book and say, "I am Han Solo," <laughs> but he's not he's not there yet, and he may never be there, you know. So that that's just the case of of you know what this situation is you know like i mean you know i'm not gonna lie i mean he, he had some typical harrison ford charm i chuckled at some of his gags and jokes and things like that i mean he was not without his typical charisma i mean even when he rags on yeah. star wars and han solo on talk shows he you know there is something to him where you know for for all those kind of rubbing you the wrong way things as as being you know some kind of supportive fan i mean there is that part of me as an actor or as as somebody who can respect an actor's you know life choices i'm like oh some of that stuff cracks me up anyway i can separate the two and and appreciate them both but i i still think it comes back to that whole charlton heston sigourney weaver principle where it it sort of angers me that that you put yourself before the project. And and then speaking of this, this is something I don't know if you guys have read or not, and, and it could be more fruitless speculation or more non-spoilery stuff that's causing confusion, but the last thing I just read was apparently the president of Lucasfilm gathered the entire cast, which included Harrison Ford, and made a statement saying that all of them would be in episode 8. So, yeah, so now, now you're starting to wonder, like, is Harrison Ford is part of that contract? Harrison, I, you're doing a flashback. Shut the fuck up. I, no, he's like, Ford, you. I won't be in any more movies as Han Solo, except for when I come down to a green screen studio and be like Han Solo ghost and be like, Ray, what are you doing? And go to Dagobah, like this flippity flippity Sonic guy. He's gonna teach you all this. Oh wait, he's dead. No, Ray, go to um, you know, wherever, you know, like. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's something I mean, I, I do feel like that. And this is again, I think my fears were realized. I mean, I, I do feel like I watched a little bit of Star Trek Generations there more than than say, I don't know, heaven forbid the Abrams Star Trek. I, I will say that I think Luke was like pretty good, even though he had bedhead, because I think Mark Hamill a long time ago, especially doing like voiceovers and stuff. 
he's he's he seems like he embraced the geek community. He he knows that like that's his that's his you know raison d'etre. You know that's that's where he lives. You know he's the Joker. He's the trickster. He's the hobgoblin. You know he he makes his money off geeks. So I think he was a little bit more okay with it. He didn't seem like he was you know like put off. I don't. I like I, said, I think Harrison Ford did a good job. I don't think he was put off. I just think. Well, I'm just saying though. I'm sure he doesn't have in his contract. Well, if I do this shit, kill Luke Skywalker, you know, as part of his contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, yeah. I kept looking I, I, for well, earring holes saying, on Han Solo the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any though. <laughs> I kept I kept looking for Ally McBeal in his. <laughs> I'm not gonna retract my statement about how I felt about Han Solo, but I'm just saying, like, coming into retracted, it, I thought Harrison Ford. You retract it now, God. Now. Oh. <laughs> no, you can't make me. There's solo everywhere. It gets in everything. I think he did a better job than I thought he was going to. Because I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and that wasn't Indiana Jones. You're a, a teacher? Part-time. This, I was at least like, yeah, that's kind of Han Solo. He did a better job than I thought. That's all I'm saying. I thought he did better than Carrie Fisher. And Luke, even though I think Luke was more into it, he only had, like, you know, a fucking scene. You know, he was, like, at the very end. So we didn't get, you know, full-on cool Luke. So I wasn't mad about Han Solo being in this. Should he have died because he didn't want to be in the movies anymore? It's kind of a dick move, but at least, you know, you don't have to worry about, like, hopefully him being in movies where he gets full-on Harrison Ford grumpy and he's just like, you know, get off my ship, you know? <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll back Tony a little bit. Like, I, I thought he was okay. And, like, I think it's because I always have a, the bar set low for, like, stuff like that almost and also like for harrison ford himself he's so low-key most of the time that like when when he actually when i think he performs above par i'm surprised so like you know i i was kind of okay with him in this movie okay yeah no i i i think i guess like i i moving sort of away from harrison ford but dealing with the the you know the scene where he dies I just kind of felt like that whole third act, going back to Poe Dameron and knowing what was going on in the trailers and things like that, like, I, I sort of felt like the whole third act was telegraphed. Like, I, I felt like by that point, I sort of, except for the scenes where I told you where I was constantly like, wait, Ray's dead, wait. Finn's dead. Wait, yeah. everybody's dead. Like, what's well, going on? I know, like, like my when I went, my, the, the friend I went to go see it with, he was kind of like after the movie, he was like, as soon as he stepped on that bridge, I knew yeah. he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you just, you knew, like, well, you, you know what's funny, though? I think I felt like I knew even before that, like when they're talking about him, when, when he's saying he's trying to fight the light, when, when, you know, Han Solo, he has that one moment where he sees him carrying Ray into the shuttle, and Han's like, "Fuck that shit! I'm not going near that fucking crazy, fucking kid." You know what I mean? Like, I mean, <laughs> I he could have, he he could have, he could have done it then, but he knew better not to, you know. And it was just almost like, oh, this is so like, you know, kind of walking through the paces. Like, okay, I'm gonna go on the bridge. I'm gonna try to talk sense into you. Oh wait, like, and now I'm fucking stabbed. <laughs> Going going back to what okay, I said about uh like Kylo like sort of going back to Kylo Ren a little like I thought also thought that should have been the moment that he that was should have been the first time he unmasked when they were on that bridge together because it's like he yeah. he revealed his humanity for one last time before like casting it away forever 
basically. I, I don't think the scene with Ray would have worked if he was masked, is the only thing. I, I, I can I can see that, but, like, I don't know. I think the other scene was just that, like, for his characterization, like, if, if he wanted to have a big defining moment, that should have been it, basically. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. yeah I, I, I do agree. I, I do like the Han Solo performance as a whole. I think it's fine. But I do agree the death scene was kind of weak. It was, like, it, it really was kind of Ghost Rider. It was like, you know, use the ball, my Solo, goodbye. <laughs> I, I know we talked about the opening scroll and how, in some sense, it elevated Luke Skywalker from the character he was at the end of Return of the Jedi to how he is perceived in the fan community. Can we talk about, like, regardless of performance and how you felt about Harrison Ford, like, what this story did to Princess Leia and Han Solo? I mean, <laughs> Princess Leia is now General Organa. Like, she is not leia skywalker she's not leia solo she's not really a jedi even though she sort of feels when han solo dies but again kind of like brian was saying she does a bunch of useless shit in the original trilogy and here she's like supposed to be a symbolic world leader so we can all go out and vote for you know i, I think i think chewbacca feels it more when han solo dies <laughs> he's like <laughs> Well, I, I guess what I'm getting at is, is you know, it seems like there is some kind of tension where, you know, Han Solo could not be a loving husband or, or, or could not live the, the kind of Republic lifestyle and went back to smuggling. There also seems to be the insinuation that maybe he tried to, but when all this stuff didn't work out and the, the bad shit happened with their son and he sort of went on the dark path, that's when he went back to smuggling. I mean, we don't really know all the details, but I, I mean, how do you feel about the fact that now uh, you're, you know, if, if, if these are the three core characters in the Star Wars Trinity, Luke Skywalker ran away and Han Solo and Leia are divorcee parents who didn't get along and made their kid into a Columbine crazy kid. Well, it kind of shits on their relationship, number one, which was a big arc of the original trilogy, so it kind of wipes that out, in addition to making her like an old spinster. But then, um, <laughs> like, the yeah. the whole establishment of the First Order, and like, I don't know if you're going to get to this later, but the whole construction of the Star Killer, it's like, I mean, what did they accomplish if all this shit, you know, uh, 30 years later in the fiction is happening you know they made a, a new death star 10 times the size of the original and shit you know what did they really accomplish yeah it kind of just wipes a lot well, of that away like all the all the sense well, of victory that like you get at the end of the original trilogies like some of the got that is just gone i i think that's some of that is is what people i mean they're concerned they're con they're confused with the terminology and also within the context of the story it's kind of the concerns you're addressing where you're like well what did they do exactly you know because it's like there was always that concern wh whether it was from like the red letter media guys saying well how come they're calling it the resistance like where's the republic and who is the first story you know like who are these guys exactly like and how did they they come to power i think that's one thing that the expanding universe did a really good job of is because as a moviegoer when you saw the end of return of the jedi you're like the empire is dead long live the rebellion and the new republic you know they they won they're the good guys they're in power i heard jar jar but yell they... lisa free hey 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 since you bring up jar 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 is far superior to Lord Emperor Snoke. Just saying. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. 
drop the mic. But, but uh, in the expanded universe, they actually, like, you know, Timothy Zahn's trilogy and so many comics, so many other stories, they show the Empire is still alive. It's fragmented, it's broken, but it's still trying to, like, you know, get back its power. Which, that's a, that's a story you want to see. You want to see that. Fuck Anakin, like, yippeeing everywhere. I want to see the Empire fighting amongst itself, trying to get, like, bigger, badder, like, you know, heads of state and fighting against the New Republic. But we don't know what happened. For 30 years, something happened, you know? It, it seems like, like, I mean, as much as people went ooh and ah about the imagery on Jakku... Obviously, there was a huge battle on Jakku. Like me and Michael, oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah. the Battlefront game where they have the the big fight on Jakku, and and you start to think like, oh well, if Return of the Jedi is the victory of the rebellion against the Empire, why did they have to fight the Battle of Jakku? You know, like, and and I guess yeah. I understand. You know, Tony's saying there's still fragments of the Empire and everything, but the the way that it's laid out, you almost think the Battle of Jakku would have been better than Return of the Jedi somehow, because you can you can build it up in your head and 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 kind of make shit up as you you know, like since you don't know what it was. Like in regards to like finding out what happens to Luke and Leia and Han thirty years after, I was. It's kind of like if you ever wondered what happened to Snow White and Prince Charming, like. At the end of you know the Disney film, like you know you want them to have the happy happily ever after, but it's like learning. Oh well, they got married and then he started beating her and she had an abortion or something like that. It's kind of like well, you don't really. That's a very real world, and you don't really want these real world things to happen to these characters. You know, you don't really want Han and Leia to like have all these problems and to be separated and have your son. Yeah. It's like if, if the next movie is just all about Luke's post-traumatic stress and stuff, you're like not going <laughs> to yeah. be like super happy. Right. Even though it would sort of conceivably make sense. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Brian said, it's like, it did kind of shit all over Han and Leia's relationship because we had those three movies where they start off as antagonistic. Then like, you know, like, antagonistic but sam and diane of empire strikes back you know it's like i hate you i hate you i love you i love you and then the jedi they get together and then it's just like like justin said you know you kind of do want that fairy tale ending you do want like han and leia to be together and when they're not and it's very real world it doesn't take you out of it i mean it didn't affect my enjoyment of the movie but at the same time it did hit that moment where i was like well that's fucking sad <laughs> Well, it's like the the product of their love was evil incarnate, essentially, right? Like, yeah, that's you know. And then, and then, what were you going to say, Justin? Before, um, I don't remember now. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. I just I figured you had something. <laughs> You're like but... thinking about Han and Leia made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sad. Yeah, I'm sad too. So that I I did want to sort of go over that because that was that was something that was sort of unsatisfactory for me but i i don't think it's really fair because i i don't know how you would make that satisfactory i don't i don't know that there's any any way to to overcome that that situation i mean it's all very personal and everything i'm sure there are people out there that are like oh like you know like tony it was awesome to see harrison ford as han solo again like it's the greatest thing ever to to me i kind of i kind of second guess it i'm like was it really awesome that you saw your beloved character get stabbed by his son and thrown off a fucking bridge like i don't know for me i'd say no but some people might answer yes so i you know that that's that's part of the whole why you were supposed to not listen to this if you didn't want spoilers one thing I was, I was, I was like going to bring up is like with the expanded universe, I know it's probably not going to happen. I know Justin would like this because he's actually a fan of the character too. I think, as far as I know, I know I am. 
since there is talk of Ray maybe being Luke's, you know, daughter, maybe. We don't know. Like, I mean, do they realize how much fan length they would get if they introduced Mary Jade, even if she unfortunately probably died during this timeline or, you know, at least bring her back in the movie or something? Because, like, Mary Jade was probably one of the most popular expanding universe characters ever, as far as I know. Yeah. You know, I, I always had problems reading Star Wars books for some reason. Like, Star Trek books, it was never a problem. Like, I could devour those. But Star Wars, especially those later, like, Yeshua Pong invasion books, like, I struggled with them. But I did always like Mara Jade and, like, all that stuff no longer being canon. Like, it doesn't really bother me. I guess I've had, like, a few years to, like, digest all that. But, like, the only thing I kind of am sad about is, like, well, we don't have Mara Jade anymore. Like, I really liked her relationship with Luke. Yeah, she was a fun character, and I and I, I agree with you though. Star Wars fans, even if you like the expanded universe, the Yuuzhan Vong invasion series of novels, fuck that series. That thing was just a mess. What if what if Max von Sydow was Mara Jade's like dad or something? <laughs> then maybe he'd be like super important. Thanks. <laughs> hey, not, not nothing too bad with that, I guess. I, this is this is totally random. I just want to bring it up. I. I kind of wish Maz Kanata was just played by the wonderful actress who played her and wasn't a CGI creature. I just feel like saying that. Yeah, I, I can agree she, with she that. Was, yeah. uh, she, she was, I forget her name, uh, she's a girl in 12 Years a Slave, right? I think so, yeah. Yes. I, I, I was just kind of like, yeah. uh, why does she have to be like a bloop bloop alien? Like, why can't <laughs> she just be like, you know, a cool, you know, proprietor of her, her little establishment where all these different people come together and... And hang out and stuff. I don't know. Well, 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 Derek, Derek, you're not nearly, you're not nearly as butthurt as all the fans who are like, why didn't Cadafesma do anything? <laughs> wow, talk about, it, yeah. yeah. Well, she's she is the inheritor of Boba Fett's useless mantle, <laughs> isn't she? <laughs> you know, you know what yeah. cracked me up is 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 I was I, again. I'm gonna plug another show and and probably play one of their trailers when we go to break and and come back to discuss like feedback and things like that. But a uh, buddy of mine, Rob Kelly, I was on his Film and Water podcast, and he is on the Fire and Water series of podcasts, and he was doing a cool Star or Star Wars podcast called Dead Boffin Spies, and I did not listen to the podcast until after I watched the movie because they were doing a podcast on that Japanese Tokyo trailer and that's sort of at that was at that point where i kind of like justin mentioned i sort of went went black on on any new spoilers or news i was just like you know what i'm just not gonna watch any of this and just wait until i see the movie so i i still have never seen that yeah after, after the second trailer you're just like yeah like me everybody i think was everybody like no more no more quit stop <laughs> yeah yeah well i you know i didn't want to watch any tv spots i didn't want to you know i didn't want to do any of that and so i never i still have never seen that that Tokyo show trailer or whatever, which apparently had, you know, newer footage and stuff, but they did a podcast about it. And, and what cracks me up is he, he, and this is in hindsight is why it cracked me up. But he, he mentioned, he's like, how could you cast Gwendolyn? Well, he he didn't, he didn't know this was going to happen, but he's like, he's like, I can't imagine they would cast Gwendolyn Christie and never have her take her helmet off. And I just kind of chuckled to myself because I was like, well, I get, I mean, unless she's in another movie, but I mean, from my perspective, I assume they just stuck her in the trash compactor and that was it. But I mean, she could come back for another movie. I don't, I, I mean, if she was in that panel, maybe she does come back, but, uh, but I don't remember if she was on stage with all those other folks or not. But. I was a bit irritated. I, by I, I think it's that was... like, 
She was on the movie poster. She was in the trailers. She had one of those uh, first, you know, Black Series action figures. And I was like, okay, she's going to have some big showdown here with Finn and, like, you know, delay them from getting out of the base sometime or, or something. But nope, she just kind of, like, she goes into the trash compactor and that's it. That's it, yeah. And you don't even really see that. They're just like, what yeah. do you do with her? You got a trash compactor? <laughs> yeah. But my only thought on the character is she has a dumb name. Fatma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, like, I think, I don't know why, but I think that was deliberately an Abrams-Lucas nod. He wanted to do a Boba Fett. He wanted to do a cool-ass-looking character who you see, like, you know, because that's what Boba Fett was. He got a lot of teaser time. He was in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Remember that? Yeah, I know, right? And he was, you know, also, like, an Empire, and he looked really badass, and he actually captured Han Solo. He did more than Phasma. But in, you know, Return of the Jedi, he does die like a bitch. And I think Abrams kind of wanted that, which I hope not. I hope that Phasma does come back. I hope, like, you know, she crawls out of the trash compactor, you know, she's all, like, you know, you know, like, Tatooine is possibly prospering and we'll get our revenge or something. I don't know. But something, you know, because, like, Phasma, you know, I hate, I hate to be that guy, but even though she didn't have a character, she does look cool. I want to know why she looks cool. Why is she a chrome stormtrooper? What What is her fucking deal, you know? It's like... Are you there just to look cool? <laughs> you know? I think the answer is yes. I, I feel bad for all those poor bastards yeah. who paid like $200 for a Hot Toys Phasma and <laughs> she gets dumped in the fucking trash compactor. Like, so. Well, they better, they better dump that $200 toy in the trash <laughs> compactor. <now. laughs> to be accurate. It'll be accurate. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess I, I'm just going to throw it out there before maybe we go to a, a mini break and then come back for awesome thing and, and feedback. But, you know, before we sort of, you know, break from talking about the movie, like, is there the, are there any final thoughts? Does anybody have anything to say that they haven't had a chance to? Not a final thought, but did anyone else think C-3PO, like his outfit looked kind of weird? Yes. Looked a lot less detailed than what the original was. Yeah, it kind of it was kind of like he looked like a chocolate bar or something. Like, you know how like the gold wrapper is not really gold? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it reminded me of. Here, my my one my it's going to make me sound like a okay. Oh, no, god, you might have the same thought. I I just thought it was weird that he seemed to have a rubbery crotch. I'm sorry, he did. He had like <laughs> underwear on. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was just gonna have end on one like stupid little nitpick or something, but uh, I like that that one scene that kind of took me out of it when was when Han like looked at Chewie and was like, "Can I use that thing?" Like and took his bowcaster, and I was like, "Man, you've hung around with this guy for what like fifty <laughs> years and you've never tried that? Like you've never had to shoot his weapon? Like okay." And then the the other like really pedantic like Star Wars like fanboy in me was like saying wait a minute, like, I have that, like, visual guide that says, like, bowcasters can only be shot by Wookiees, because, you know, like, that the Wookiee arm strength is the only thing that can fire that thing. So I was like, that's totally inaccurate! So, uh, Mi- Mickey Mouse waved his magic fan yeah, I guess so. and, yep. and wiped that out of continuity. So, so. That, that's, that's that's my okay. last nitpicky thought. Yeah. Mike, you were reading the old, outdated book. <laughs> it's, it's no longer canon. <laughs> It's like no one wants those old Guardians of the Galaxy. In the, in, 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 the, in the new in the new canon, anyone can fire a bowcat. <laughs> even even uh, cool looking uh, Chrome Stormtroopers and trash compact. And in in the new canon, Han Solo never had the chance to fire it. So yeah, 
I, I will say, like, as far as final thoughts, I don't mind bagging on this movie for the things that I think were a little bit missed off, you know, like, kind of like, huh? But I won't lie, this did kind of rekindle a little bit of interest in Star Wars for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm a kid of the 80s. I love the original trilogy. I am also, like, someone who's in his 20s and the 90s and, you know, early 2000s. I hated the prequels. I, you know, I, I liked the third one, kind of, but by and large, I was, like, massively butthurt. And this movie, it does have its flaws. It's not perfect. But to me, at least, I will say this did feel like Star Wars. It felt very Star Wars. And if nothing else, <laughs> I'm going to be a cheesy bastard. It gave me a new hope for new Star Wars movies. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I'll just say, for, for me, I, I don't think this is going to be something that I put above the original trilogy. I don't think that's in me. Did it taint the original trilogy? I'm not sure yet. I think maybe the answer is yes, because the prequels did for me, obviously. But one thing I think is funny is I probably will have gone down in history as seeing the Phantom Menace in the theater more times than I will see this in the theater. Hmm. So just based on that alone, like you, you have to understand, like I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this in the theater again. I may very well pick up the Blu-ray and watch it one more time just for giggles and to see if I can hear Ewan McGregor's voice and Yoda's voice or something like that. And freeze frame on Luke's rebel helmet to see if I'm right about those things or, or constable Zuvio or whatever for giggles. But I, I think that, I, I guess I'd, I'd rank it as if you're going to do like rankings and stuff, you know, I, I mean, Empire and, and Star Wars and Jedi and even, yes, you know, you can send in your angry emails, but even the Phantom Menace, I'd probably put above this movie. But but uh, one thing I will tell you for sure is and I've, I've never really watched them in any great detail since I've seen them in the theater is episode two and three. So this is this is far and above and beyond those like I I will at least revisit this movie and. And, and I may very well buy some toys from it, maybe. <laughs> so, so obviously, I don't hate it so much that I'm, I'm, you know, basically blacklisting anything from it. So there you go. Okay, so then I guess what we'll do is we'll we'll take a, a little mini break and then we'll come back. We've got some feedback to read and do some awesome things of the week. All right, stay tuned, guys. Film and Water Podcast, a weekly show about movies old and new, hosted by obsessive movie nerd Rob Kelly and a rotating series of special guests. From sci-fi to horror, dramas to family films, comedies to adventure epics, we watch it all. The Film and Water Podcast is part of the Fire and Water family of podcasts, available weekly at fireandwaterpodcast.blogspot.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed listening to that trailer from Rob Kelly's Film and Water podcast. Check that out. It was fun to be a guest on his show, and he covers a lot of great films, so check those out right now. This month, they're doing all the Star Wars films leading up to, well, all the 
original trilogy Star Wars films leading up to The Force Awakens. So if you want a different take on Star Wars, go over there and listen to the Film and Water podcast where he's got a rotating guest every week. And so we are now back. We wanted to delve into a little listener feedback. We don't always get a lot of listener feedback, but we like to delve into it when we do. And one bit of listener feedback we have from our Star Wars month is regarding our first podcast in Star Wars month, which was on the Star Wars, the Dark Horse series that covered the original George Lucas script. And this is feedback from our good buddy Mike Prime over on Botalk. So I, I kind of cripped this from, from Botalk, but wanted to read it and everything and, and let everybody know what Mike's thoughts were. So he says... I enjoyed listening to this. Interesting program and good points about the adaptation. Taking the comic, just as an exercise, seems to be the right perspective. It is basically George Lucas putting whatever ideas he had on paper and seeing how it works. The story had things that would become what we know in the movies, but thank God it was split up and reworked by George Lucas and others. The Star Wars was never meant to be in that form. Personally, I wish Dark Horse had made an effort to design the world of the Star Wars from the ground up. The Macquarie influence is understandable, but most Star Wars fans have already seen it before. So I, I just wanted to read that. It seemed like he enjoyed listening to our pontifications on that particular miniseries and everything like that. And we, of course, appreciate him listening to us and giving us the feedback and everything like that. So thank you, Mike Prime. We appreciate it. Yeah, cool, man. Thank you for giving us the feedback and... Yeah, the, the Star Wars was definitely an interesting experience, if nothing else. So, yeah, if you guys haven't listened to that podcast, it is part of Star Wars Month. That is still ongoing. This is our last podcast for Star Wars Month. So, yeah, the that, I think that was the first one, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it was the first one. His comments were smooth as sand. They were. They were. <laughs> they were. Thanks, Mike Brown. So, and then I guess what we'll do now is we'll just do our regularly scheduled segment of Fan Holes. This is the 150th anniversary show, and we are doing the 150th anniversary What is Awesome in Your World this week. Now we've, we're, at, we're at least guaranteed five awesome things, if not 26. So here we go. <laughs> Starting with, from, from left to right, I'm going to start with Tony Jackson, Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, who is looking me in the face. What is awesome in your world this week, buddy? Buddy, what's awesome in your world this week, buddy? Buddy, you want to go see down some light stormtroopers, man? Killing is awesome. Love killing. This week, they've been out for a little while in various uh, online stores, and if you got to see them in brick and mortar, that'd be great. But uh, the Kabatacons are actually out in full force on the pegs, and it's right before Christmas, so spend that money, kids. I did manage to pick up a few of those. I still have to get Blast Off, just because I kind of don't want to get Blast Off, um, but... He is, he is a part of the combiner. I did pick up Brawl, Swindle, and Vortex. Vortex is really good. I like him as a reuse of the mold that has been seen so many times, but I think he works as Vortex. He's he just, The colors just really work for me, and the head sculpt is definitely more Vortex than Alpha Bravo, so I would definitely go for him. Swindle is also a really nice figure. Again, I can't believe that this is Rook. He's a Jeep, and Rook was a APC, Armored Personnel Carrier, and he doesn't have a crappy claw weapon. He actually has, like, you know, a nice gun. And that face sculpt is just so good. It's like Swindle is probably one of my favorites out of that lineup. Then we have Brawl, which I've already said on Bot Talk is a little weak. It's mainly because of his, like, crotch slash hip joint. It doesn't connect. It's a little disappointing, unfortunately. 
Aesthetically, though, if you just put him on a shelf, he looks really nice. He's got like a nice dark green, kind of reminds me of Megatron in a way from G2. And he also has like a really good tank mode. It's very solid, very bulky. And you can even put the little foot hand connector piece into a peg on the bag that gives him the uh, double stereophonic cannons that he had as a G1 character. So as a whole, I think the Combaticons are going to be kind of like Defensor, really good as far as a combiner and also not as flimsy as some of the limbs have been. Is like I don't really like the whole Sunstreaker Prowl, like Autobots with Skylinks and Power Core Prime. I think these, these guys need to be more on their own, which they are, and that helps a lot. So I would definitely go for the Combaticons. They are a very good alternative to third-party prices. If you like third-party, go ahead and get those. But for a combiner, you can get for a little over $100. I would probably go with that. I'm just waiting for Onslaught. And he's probably going to be one of my favorites because his, his remold looks really sick. So definitely, if nothing else, pick up these three Combaticons. And you can hedge your bets if Kara does a shuttle-accurate blast-off in the future. So there you go. Cool. Very cool. I, I think I think a lot of us who are into Transformers will look forward to those. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do see Mr. Mike and he is he is stopping my force blast with his Kylo Ren avatar in mid mid blast. So, Mike, why don't you tell us what your awesome thing of the week is, my man? Well, I did have something different, but now that Justin requested, I'm going to do a Transformer thing. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta log out. <laughs> no, I actually, I, sorry, but I actually was planning on it. I, I also, I bought a Masterpiece Generation 2 Bumblebee this past week. Uh, he was pretty cheap on Amazon, so I picked him up. And while I don't have any, like, particular attachment to Bumblebee as a character, like, I was like, oh, I was, like, reasoning. I was like, well, Bumblebee was my first Generation 2 toy, and now there's, like, a Masterpiece version of it. So I was like, yeah, I'll get it. And I like him. He's cool. I didn't realize he was, like, so, like, friggin' small. Like, he's he's exactly, like, the same size as his Classics toy. I thought he was, like, maybe a little bit bigger than that. But, like, you know... He's still a pretty good toy. You know, he comes with the, the little toy accurate face mask that I guess the regular version doesn't come with. So I, I like that. So and he's all gold and chrome and nice. So, yeah, he's cool. Did he come with any human figures? No, and instead of Spike or whatever in the exosuit, he just comes with like a jetpack, like that he I guess he wore in like Dinobot Island or something. Like, yeah. and it's 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 kind of chin- chintzy because it's not even like the full jetpack; it's like half a jetpack, and it like flattens against his back. So like the the rocket thrusters are just like half moons against his back, but. You know, whatever. I mean, it looks good from the back as long as you don't look at it from like the bottom or the top. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's cool though. So moving on, I see Master Luke Skywalker from the Jedi Temple Planet of Bedhead staring <laughs> me in the face. So I am going to ask Mr. Justin Barber to break up all these Transformer recommendation shenanigans and tell us what his <laughs> awesome thing of the week is. My awesome thing is I just got SH Figuarts Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan Goku, and he's from the latest movie, uh, and also I guess he'll be in the Dragon Ball Super, and this is his you know current ultimate you know blue cupcake hair form, and it's a really nice figure. Woo! I'm really happy with it. 
Yeah, he, he looks pretty cool. I liked all the pictures you showed us when you, you emailed us that you, you received him finally. I had pre-ordered the Golden Frieza, but I kind of I canceled it. But now I kind of wish I hadn't because I think I need I need I need to like put them together and like have them fighting or something. You, you need like, someone to fight your blue Smurf Goku hair. Yeah, he needs to like be accentuated somehow. Yeah, yeah. He's so he's so tiny. I can't get over that man. I saw that that Martz had, had posted some pictures of his figures and everything, you know, for scale comparisons and like that that Frieza. I mean, I know, Mike, Mike, you showed us that image from the manga where it's like sort of manga accurate, you know, the scale. But I still can't get over how tiny I, I think it's more for like the price point where I'm like, yeah, wait, I pay the same amount of money, but I get like a figure that's half the size. Like, whoa, you know, like that's I think where I was coming from. My other awesome thing is I'm currently reading Game of Thrones, A Feast for Crows. Woo! Like I. I'm trying to read the books, like so. This is the fourth book, I think, and so far I've only seen the first season because I'm trying to like read some of these books before I watch any more of the series. But like, I, uh, I really enjoyed the books, and I, I really enjoyed the first season. So I'll, once I finish this book, I'll probably watch the second and third season of the series. Cool. I was just happy that that somebody who is not me is reading the the books and everything, like because you know me and, and pesky books, you know. So I'm just excited that you're you you're reading, reading the books. books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Is that regal? I, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say. Remember, we used to have guys who read books on panels, guys, but they're back <laughs> in pog form. <laughs> it's all true. Like we had a podcaster once who read books. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so moving on, I have some spooky, scary, villainous Republic Commando guys staring me in the face, I think. And so I'm going to ask Brian what his awesome thing of the week is. Well, I was going to give Combiner Wars some love, but Tony kind of already visited that. I did get a shipment from Big Bad with... uh, I got Onslaught and Scattershot together, and then got the Japanese Defensor so I could get Groove and... All the above are pretty awesome figures, so I recommend it as Tony does. I guess also, I know you guys are doing a separate thing about the Star Wars Battlefront game, but I'll just talk about it briefly. It is really fun, and I they kind of made it a lot easier to access for noobs, and not quite a doesn't have quite as much depth as other shooter games. But I mean, for the casual Star Wars fan, I mean, the graphics are amazing, the sound effects are all there. It's just a badass game, and the few. The few times you get to run around and like pick up a Luke Skywalker hero hero icon to turn into him, like that's just fucking amazing. Like I love going around like just knocking guys down with Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader. So I highly recommend the game. Speaking of that, if you want to see me knock the hell out of Mike with Luke Skywalker, we will have a Star Wars Battlefront sidecast. It was it was totally screen accurate because I was Boba Fett <laughs> and I was like trying to get the hell away from him, but I couldn't. <laughs> No, it's it was very fun playing uh, the uh, Star Wars Battlefront. So yeah, we we definitely concur, and and I thought it was pretty awesome. It's fun. Like I enjoy the game a lot. Like it's kind of weird because I think the the Star Wars movies. Like sometimes I wonder, like if they just took away the lightsaber, like that one piece, would Star Wars be as big as it is? And like I kind of wonder about that. But like with this game, like just shooting a fucking laser is like so much fun. Like to run around and shoot, you know, laser rifles instead of machine guns, <laughs> like. I mean that makes the game for me, so pretty cool game. Yeah, I, I like the I like the interactive aspect. I, I like flying all the the snow speeders and and speeder bikes and the vehicle interactions too. Like those are fun as well. In in addition to just kind of doing the, I guess the the ground troop kind of stuff as well. 
I will say as a as a non gamer, the footage I've seen, like that game looks fucking beautiful. It looks like Star Wars. It looks really good. Yeah, you sort of forget how how spoiled you have it now. You know what I mean? Like, cause cause you, <laughs> it's easy to put it into context where you're like, hey, remember when you flew a snowspeeder in Shadows of the Empire? You know, and it's like, wow, this is so much <laughs> yeah. better. You know, like that kind of thing. So so yeah, I I think it's very cool. I'll I'll do some awesome things real quick and and wrap us up out of here just to vary it up a little bit and to give Justin a secret brother in the SH Figure Arts arena. I'm I'm sort of I've sort of been hit by the uh, Power Ranger Super Sentai bug. So I've been trying to complete stuff. And as some listeners know, I have completed my team of Gokaijers. And since I had the red Power Ranger and the white Power Ranger, I was kind of jonesing to finish off the rest of the team. And I did manage to find an eBay lot that was not inexpensive, but not outrageous, where I could get the other four, you know, like yellow, blue, black and pink ranger so i don't have the green ranger still tony unfortunately i don't have your favorite but i i do in my mind have God damn it i i do <laughs> sort of have the the team that i think is the most iconic of 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 the power rangers so that is my my one awesome thing and then keeping things in a star wars bent as we roll out of here I do want to just say, I, I know we did talk in detail about the Darth Vader Marvel comic. I'm still reading it. I'm still enjoying Vader down. And I really did like the Darth Vader annual, which is just a one shot done in one story. So if you're kind of tired of all these waiting for the trade stories and everything, and you just want one good story with Darth Vader and his his crazy crew of fun, you know, supporting cast, like then check out Darth Vader Annual 1. So yeah, I think, wow, this is so this is 150 episodes, guys. How do you feel? Tired. It's quite an accomplishment. I'm glad you guys kept it going, even with <laughs> the absence of all that. You guys did a great job. Thanks. No, I'm kidding. I'm not tired. I, I actually enjoy talking to you guys every week. It, it actually is a highlight because you guys make me laugh and giggle. And, you know, and I will say this to Brian and Justin. I know you guys have been gone for a while. But, hey, you guys don't be strangers. Anytime you want to come back and do a show, I would be more than happy to talk about shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, overall, I don't know if I said this while we were on the air. But regardless of The Force Awakens, like this is my you know, the fan holes awakening. Like this is, this is like my, my, this is my favorite. I mean, as far as awesome things of the week goes, like I'm really happy that all five of us got together for this. Like this is, this has made my day. So Tony, I want to see your little doodle for a title card called, uh, the, the holes awaken. I will get on that. sir. I went to an island to get away from you guys, but like somehow you found me and you're like, <laughs> gotta come back. <laughs> A lot, a lot of you guys don't know this, but now since he's been gone, Justin has also been a race car driver and an archaeologist. <laughs> Somehow, Doctor B, tell us what's up. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, you know, we we love podcasting and doing all this cool stuff. If you do have any comments, questions, suggestions and or concerns if you have some angry angry emails you can feel free to send them to fanholespodcast at gmail.com of course this is our fanholes proper podcast which of course as we've been saying is the has been going on for 150 episodes now but we also have a number of fanholes spin-off shows and series such as we mentioned our show that's upcoming on Star Wars Battlefront called the all new all different sidecast we also have 
Toku Thursdays, which next month, following this show, it's going to be all Gaim for the whole month, all Common Rider Gaim. So it's going to be all Toku Thursdays next month, and we're going to be having that show. We also have Sentai Saturdays. We have Transformers Tuesdays and Mobile Suit Mondays. So if you're interested in any of those specific genres, or you just like hearing us shoot the breeze about the stuff on our proper shows, of course, check us out at fanholespodcast.blogspot. We have tons and tons of social media to get in contact with us at. We have a great Tumblr page, mostly thanks to Mike. We have a wonderful Facebook page. We get tons of likes there all the time. Tony's good friend Morgan is always liking us. We have our good friend Boo from the Botalk forums, who is always, always sharing and, and, and liking our shows. We've got Airhammer, Yawn, who is an occasional guest on the show and is always liking and sharing our shows and everything. So we, we appreciate all that. We are now on Twitch TV. So now that I have Brian on the show for sure as the lead gamer, of the bunch i will implore him if he ever gets some connectivity to stream games he can feel free to use the fan holes podcast twitch tv account we'll continue to stream games there for your viewing pleasure we have let's see what else do we have we got oh we got we got we got instagram we got twitter so yeah we got we got all those good social media tools we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, we're on everything. Yeah, we're, we're on Stitcher, you can stream us, we're on iTunes, so yeah, yeah, so check out all that good stuff, and until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, finishing what you started. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Hey, it's Mike, and I think it's time for the Force to go to sleep. It's getting a little cranky. The Force is getting a little cranky. Hey, this is Justin. Hey, this is Tony, and I don't know... Oh, BBA. Fuck it. I don't know. Oh, shit. <laughs> awesome. Peace. Does, does everybody does everybody have awesome things of the week? Yeah, do you guys I still do that. I do. God. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, I know. We totally do that. <laughs> I thought that was part of the old canon. I didn't know. We, still do that. <laughs> we, we don't. I thought that was the old, outdated book. Mike we, we, don't, we don't do this post Disney <laughs> awesome things. Okay. I'll do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> if my, someone my... talks to me on the street about it, I'm fucking punching them in the face. <laughs> We know the podcast is officially over when Brian says peace. You know, most of these podcasts, we never know when it's officially finished. <laughs> is it done? I fell asleep on the mic? Yeah, exactly. It's the next day. I'm just surprised that for one podcast, I wasn't wrong. What the hell? <laughs>
And well, this is Star Wars. Uh, you, you well, you said Han Solo did a good job. I mean, you were <laughs> wrong. Damn it! I was going to say, of all the things I missed about this show, I miss Tony being wrong always. It's like they're crossing the streams. Max von Sydow was in Dune. <laughs> that that's something I didn't talk about. Where I was like, you, you know how like Paul Atreides in in uh, Dune Messiah like chops out his eyes and like walks into the desert like he's freaking Oedipus or whatever. I was like, I kind of felt like that about some of these guys. It's like you, you keep following the story long enough. It's like, it's not like you live long enough to become the villain. It's like not really about that, but it's like your hero like tells enough stories, something really horrible is going to happen to him. You know, like unless you end it with the uh, Snow White happy ending or whatever. Yeah. You live long enough as an actor, you get to die in The Force Awakens. <laughs> and then what are they going to do when, like, Carrie Fisher, like, it, it turns into, like, Dick Clark in, the, like, the third movie where it's just... And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to another title where he's rocking New Year's Eve. <laughs> it's like, that when you... When you... When you can't tell the difference between fucking General Organa and Nine Numb, you know you got. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna run to the bathroom for a second, but I'll come back before anybody has to take off. All right, you have permission to do so. <laughs> you may go pee. You, you may finish what your bladder has started. You may pee. Supreme Leader Snoke says you can pee. <laughs> Giant CGI piece of crap. I bet the uh, stormtroopers go in there when they're off duty and like secretly watch holograms of like the little dancer girls or something. Hey, well, I mean, Har- Harrison Ford sounded more excited in this movie than he did in that, so that's something. <laughs> yeah, true. True. true yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What what if like the the after credits thing like in the Marvel movie was like Chewbacca's like roar roar and the translation is like finally free of that fucking life debt <laughs> yes <laughs> thank God Troy don't know follow what he around that asshole anymore <laughs> do you know I don't even know how to fly a ship I should have died like a hundred times. <laughs> It's like Chewie should have given him the bow caster, and like when he shot it, his arms like flew off or something. Like, ah! 